the answer to all those things. best friends it's your podcast best friends we got like a message uh, or a review that was like mm. said so many amazing things and, and she was like um, and my dream one day is to travel to LA so I can hang out with Lindsay and Krista at Air One I think that was Naomi from it Canada. Is, it's Naomi from Montreal. Yeah, exactly. Montreal. I've been listening to almost 30 podcasts for the past couple months and I feel like I've gained so many tools and insights into topics that actually interest me. Krista and Lindsay's dynamic is so fun. I feel like I'm laughing right there with them. My dream is to one day go to LA and meet them at Ear One. Keep up the amazing work. Come babes. on. She messaged me when I posted that on Insta- on my oh, she story. Did? And she's like, oh. And I was like, we are your friends. Come, Honestly, come to LA. Come to Irwan. Because <laughs> obviously we'll be there most likely. <laughs> oh. oh, here's another good one from Sarah Frontera. Krista and Lindsay are hilarious, empathetic, and intentional in all of their episodes. I mean, bye. Like mic so drop, bye. Sweet. Almost 30 has the best guests and it constantly exposes me to new ideas and brands. I love listening while I'm cooking dinner because it's like you have two great girlfriends with you. This is the only podcast I look forward to listening to. She said, can I give it a higher rating than five stars? Oh, thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. You're the boss. Sarah from where? Um, it just says Sarah from USA. Cool. That's so sweet. From the United States of America. Thanks for your review, guys. Yeah, they keep on coming. Write a good one and we'll say it on the pod. <laughs> Maybe you'll get a look. It is kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. If I remember it is, yeah. Sarah Fontara. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great last name. I hope that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Milana Snow's maiden name is Williams? She's my sister. Really? Mm-hmm. What do you mean maiden name? Oh, sorry, maiden. It's her her, like her legal birth? name is Williams, but her stepdad's name is Snow. Cool. So it's Williams, so we're sisters. Weird. Justin saw her last night. Really? Mm-hmm. And it was great. We'll talk about it after. It was amazing. Yeah, he like, great. he loved it. She texts me after. She's like, Justin is the best. Oh. I'm so happy for you guys. Like, blah, blah. Oh. it was cute. He, um... His third eye was, everything was open. He's, she's like, he said, he's like, my heart was wide open. Oh. He's like, his heart was like wide open. <laughs> and his third eye was closed because he's been having some weird meditation. So it actually closed recently. So she opened it back up, but he's feeling good. I was like, yeah, Milana will, um, you know, she said she'd do it for free for you. Isn't that great? And he's like, okay, only if it's free. And I paid her. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you got to do with the do, booze. Honestly. You got to go behind the pay back, for them. pay for the service and just tell them it's free. Tell them it's free. I was like, hey, buddy. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. I was like, hey, it's free. She'll do it for free for you. <laughs> Don't worry, it's free. 
Uh, Milana, What's the next thing you're going to do? Oh my God, literally. I'm like, hey, I got like a waxer. She said she can do you for free. <laughs> butthole and all. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you need a butthole wax for free? <laughs> um, Milana's going to be in uh, San Francisco. Yeah, we're so pumped. So if you have not bought your ticket yet for San Francisco, buy your ticket now because that event will sell out in the next couple of days. And that's with Milana Snow um, and us. And she, you get a, basically every single person in the room gets healed. Yeah, she's a Reiki healer. If you haven't listened to our episode with her, yeah. listen to it. Uh-huh. She's incredible, mm-hmm. incredible. We did an event here in LA with her around Valentine's Day and it was Ball. ultra healing for everyone in the room. Yeah. And um, just super vulnerable conversations in the best way. It was like a healing conversation. Hell yeah. And I mean, if you're paying $30 to come to the event and you're getting like one-on-one healing from Alana, which is normally like, 250, 275. I don't know how much your sessions are now. Like, that's a deal. That's a deal. That's quite the deal. <laughs> yeah, she's incredible. We've been like hit with some incredible women mm-hmm. recently. We we just went to um, oh, Peta yeah. Kelly's Earth is is hiring. She's on a book tour for this new book, which is an incredible tool to have. Um, yeah. I just started reading it, and it's really, really made an impact, um, put a lot of things in perspective, but Peta Kelly is a force, force to be reckoned with in this space. She's number one. Number one. That was one of my favorite moments of 2018 so far, going well, to her book tour. Hearing her speak and having my mind blown repeatedly. Repeatedly. She was tapped in like I've never heard before. You know before. what I was wondering as I was kind of like, she was so much speaking exactly what I needed to hear that I was kind of like had a moment where I'm like, is every single person in the room hearing something different? Yeah, It's almost like she was so tapped in from God that like she was able to speak exactly to what each person, what they needed mm. to hear. And I was kind of like, I wonder if everyone's hearing a different message. I know. Because everything was so fucking spot on. I was like, this can't be real. Yeah. So I guess what she talked about, she talked about um, removing like the Dharma or Dharma. The dogma. The dogma, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Removing the dogma around things. So she's been vegan for a long time and now she is kind of moving away from that so that she doesn't have any dogma in her life at all so that she can feel non-judgmental to herself and other people in every way. So really finding a way to live your life um, with lightness, with ease, with fluidity, and not having one thing determine every action that you have based on some assumption yeah. um, that you've made at one point in time. Yeah, it was well, it was just really interesting to hear her talk about that because I think, you know, she's attached herself to that for, for a while now. Mm-hmm. And now that she has a daughter, um, I think it's made her think too a lot about like what she's attached herself to. Mm-hmm. So really cutting those ties has been important for her as a mother, as a human being. She also talked about the entities. Mm-hmm. So we all have entities. For example, almost 30 is an entity for Krista and I and referring to that entity as she and really speaking to her, tapping into her, asking her what she needs, where she feels we should go, the message that we should bring for her. And it was just like truth. Like that is exactly what we felt like all along, but didn't know how to mm-hmm. like 
speak about it mm-hmm. because it is such a, a driving force in our lives and has become so much greater than we could ever imagine. And we're just so grateful as we grow and you know, as we transition to more um, full time, which is, you know, such a blessing that we can really speak to her and get a lot of the answers. Um, do you remember anything else from that entity? Like there was so much, I like wrote it down. Yeah, the entity one was good. It was amazing. Oh, also making money in alignment. Mm, so Such a good one. So it's like, if you're make, if you are at a job that you don't love and you are making money out of alignment, you are hindering your ability to make more money because you are keeping yourself in a place where you're making money from not living aligned. And your opportunity to make 10X what you're making is found when you live in alignment. So mm-hmm. money will come much more easily when you are living a life that's aligned. And then also um, related to money and alignment. Oh, alignment 2.0 is the ability to leave a situation when it is not bad. So it's being so tapped in that you would recognize, you know, that a situation or a person or a relationship or something in your life is not working and being able to tap in and understand and hear the messages from God or the universe and then act upon that. So if you were at a job, for an example, that wasn't fulfilling you, but it wasn't bad, your ability to know that that wasn't right for you, even though it doesn't suck, you're not on a plan, you're not about to get fired, is alignment 2.0. Letting go of it before it gets too bad. Yep. Yeah. Relationships could be the same way. Yeah, because a lot of us just operate out of fear because we're like, no, 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 like, but what if I leave that job and then I don't make enough money and then I can't Mm -hmm. support my family and I can't pay my bills? But alignment 2.0 is like almost putting faith in the fact that you are having those feelings initially, that everything, once you let go of that, everything will fall into place. Um, I mean, so much. You, know. you guys have to get this book. Earth is hiring. Peter Kelly was on the podcast, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway. I know, I love the alignment money thing. I mean, it's- Because I'm not really making that much money sucking dick, so. Yeah, true. <laughs> Leave it so to I gotta, Crispy. So I got to get aligned, you know? There we go. So buy our merch, please. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Well, actually that is a perfect- To our tour? No, a oh. perfect transition to our conversation. Oh. <laughs> I was like, to our tour? <laughs> we'll talk about that in the outro. Okay. But- uh, We've got a tour going on, guys. Yeah. It's going to fucking kill me. So please buy tickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two of the three- Penises on the Mind Pump podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, no, we were so lucky to get to talk to Sal and Adam mm-hmm. from Mind Pump. They have a podcast. Uh, they have a media company. They are just killing the game. And we were so lucky to sit down with them. They're full of fucking knowledge about fitness, about wellness, about biohacking, business. business. I mean, business. Yeah, we went to their Dosist event. So Dosist has really dope uh, weed pens, or I guess, THC yeah. CBD uh, pens. I actually love mine. Do you, yeah. have, do you have yours? Yep. I love it. Yeah, I've like been having so much fun smoking. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so fun. Um, it's a dose of, it's a micro dose. So yes. it vibrates when you- Of, t- of weed, right? Yeah. Yep. Cannabis, whatever. Mm-hmm. So they had an event at this amazing house. The boys did at Mind Pump. So we went there and it was great to hang out with them. It was so fun. But this episode was recorded a little bit before that. So it's yeah. really just a casual conversation, just catching up, shooting the shit, talking about fitness, talking about podcasting a lot, talking about health, but it's really fun with these guys. Yeah. We go every which way. So enjoy this podcast, connect with them. Their website is mindpumpmedia.com. You can find their podcast uh, on iTunes 
and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And thank you guys for coming on. Shout out to Mind Pump. Yeah. Um, and just join our secret Facebook Thanks group. Thanks for coming on and shitting in these bathrooms. Oh yeah. So like one of, right? One of them shit in the bathroom. Sal. Sal shit in the bathroom. Shout out to Sal for shitting in my bathroom <laughs> and not telling me because if, if he would have known me a little bit better, I'm pretty cool, pretty chill. I also have poopery 100%. in my bathroom, which you can spray on the surface of the toilet bowl water. And to protect. To protect. And like the poop just slides in mm-hmm. and it doesn't stink up the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I think you do it after you poop. No. Really? You do it before. So it's like a layer and then just plops right in. So the smell doesn't come out. I thought you do it after so that the smell doesn't rise up. Mm-mm. So why would you do it before? Before, because it's it's like this layer of essential oils and then it slides in and like keeps the cover. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. anyone, she doesn't believe me. I don't. I'm going to, I'm going to look at the, uh, I'm going to Google. All right, cool. You do it before. Think about it. I, I am thinking about it. I <laughs> think it's weird that you, unless you have a lot of poop and, don't it, know? and it breaks the surface, then you're fucked. What if, what if you don't know you're about to poop? <laughs> Most people do. How it works. I'm sure you could do both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's right. <laughs> <laughs> so Sal, mm-hmm. take a note. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was great to have them. Um, okay, guys, enjoy this episode and we'll tell you a little bit more about our tour in the outro. Um, we love you. Love you guys enjoy. so much. I think we would do it the same way that you would do like, just like a record label be. I think each, there, everybody would have an individual contract. It wouldn't be a set thing for everybody. Like if we, yeah. for example, like the difference of, let's so say- So I'm Eminem and I'm signing to your label. Right, right. <laughs> what's, my, what's my deal? Well, exactly. If you're somebody like that, of that caliber, right, that is so well known, you bring actually some clout even to what we're doing. So just like mm-hmm. a record label would, if you're signing a big artist like that, you're going to take less of the cut or they're gonna, it's sure. going to be much more favorable for the artist. And I think if it's somebody who we find that's really young and new mm-hmm. or doesn't have the capability of doing all these things, then of course we're going to take a greater percentage. There's also mm-hmm. the side like, uh, you know, we see, we want to fundamentally shift the fitness industry in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And we can do that when we, you know, kind of pick and choose who we want to promote and help get their their word out, their mm-hmm. voice out. Because fitness, as you guys know, is terrible. Mm-hmm. 99% of the information is terrible. What it's horrible you, out there. Yeah. Where do you think people are getting information that's terrible? And what's sort of some of the information that you think is like terrible that people are getting? Where, I mean, a better question would be, where's the good information? Right. Yeah, it's, it's so bad. I mean, uh, for, first and foremost, it is, uh, you know, the way they get you to buy things are to poke at your insecurities, make you feel terrible. You're not good enough. That becomes your motivation. And we all know what happens when you're motivated by self-hate. Uh, exercise becomes a punishment, food becomes a punishment, um, and it f- fitness is no longer the answer or never was really the answer to obesity, depression, anxiety, when it can be the answer to all those things. And so, and then exercise, you know, here's your workout, you know, all the workouts are based off of super intensity. We're going to make you sweat. We're going to make you super sore. Mm. And the programming's terrible. Um, nutrition advice is terrible. Well, Lots of myths line, not, out there. It's not sexy. It's not sexy. That's what's wrong is that everything mm. that, it, and we're in this. What's good is not sexy. Right. 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 Yeah, and yeah. We're, we're in this Instagram world right now. Yeah. Right. Where, if, you know, if it's not the people that are making the biggest impact on others that are the most popular mm. are the ones with the, the worst information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least 90% of the time. I mean, I don't want to, I, I think we're overgeneralizing by saying everybody. I think there's good mm-hmm. people out there. I think there's people that have good information mm-hmm. that are smart, that actually have a good platform, but it, it they're a rare commodity. I mm-hmm. mean, for the most part, the people that you see that are putting out a ton of information and selling health and fitness to the world are, 
you know, there's somebody who got there through well, ass shots or got there because yeah. they're a cool car or they're really good at editing or whatever. Well, they get like plastic surgery to look that way. They're or, like, yeah. buy my butt guide. No, <laughs> or that, it's just a face Just tuned. got it done. Hunter, right. You know? I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, uh, I've been in this for a very long time professionally, but I also, before that, was mm-hmm. a student of it. This is something mm-hmm. I enjoyed doing for myself. And it took me... Gosh, let's see, I was probably in my mid to late 20s before I started to realize that a lot of the, you know, set in stone truths that I thought were true in fitness were actually false. Mm. Now, my goal would always be to build muscle. My insecurity was I was skinny and I wanted to gain, you know, gain weight. And I thought you needed to eat every two or three hours in order to do that. If you don't do that, you lose muscle, right? There's the opposite side of that myth too, which is they say that that helps you with fat burning both of which are false, mm-hmm. absolutely false. But that yeah. wasn't even something I questioned because it was so it was so solidified as a truth. Like this is just what you did. We taught it as trainers. We learned it as trainers that I didn't even question it. And when I started to look deeper, look at the science and start to question a little bit and then realize the motivations behind that information, because let's be honest, if you believe you need to eat five or six meals a day in order to get leaner or build muscle, the odds that you're going to supplement some of those meals with bars and shakes is very high. And you start to realize that that was a myth pushed out by the supplement companies. Once you start, once I started to look at that, I started to look at everything and I started to realize, holy cow, even the stuff that I thought was solid, hardcore fact is bullshit. And when I got to that point, it was just, then everything, nothing was untouchable. Well, being I completely at transparent, I mean, we spent a good probably 10, 10 plus years of our life pushing bullshit. Because that's what was being mm. fed, being fed to us. We, you know, we both came up in a yeah, sorry clients, right? Came up yeah. in the twenty four hour fitness heydays, and that was the big gym that was growing. It was the first uh, gym or fitness company to reach a billion dollars in revenue a year, and and it was it was the great time to be in that company. It was a fun time, but everything that we were taught was geared around marketing and sales. Mm. It wasn't really about being a better trainer or learning more or giving, you know, it was always about selling more personal training, selling more supplements. So all the information and education that we received- Was all for that. Was right. skewed, yeah, for that, yeah. And that's what we see right now. I mean, you see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you know, the irony of it is, it's pretty funny. The irony of it is it's effective in a very short term, but it, the reality is if you're in fitness and you promote the right message, it might take you longer but you'll actually, you'll actually be successful long-term in a big way. Because what we see a lot of because of those bad messages are these flash in the pan type of things. If you look at the gym model, for example, you look at, again, 24 Fitness, let's talk about them because that's the place we started. What they started to do is they started to adopt the model where they would give people access to their gyms for extremely low prices. And the only way they would succeed is if those people didn't use their gyms. I mean, if everybody showed up at a you know big box gym who had a membership, they'd have to shut the doors. It'd be too many people. So the model became, wh- how cheap can we make this, and how can we make this uh, you know something that's uh, attracting uh, people now, but also what will get them to stop coming, and then it needs to be cheap enough so that they don't cancel. So now you've got this nine dollar a month membership. You go to this gym, it looked awesome. You buy your membership, nine dollars a month. Three months later, you stop going, but you're like, you know, it's only nine bucks. Mm-hmm. I might as well keep it, and that's the model now. That is the model of fitness, and what we're and we're seeing oh, it start to degrade. We're seeing the rise right now of uh, Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness is, I mean, I saw them all. Did you see them on the New Year's Eve draw, uh, ball drop? I don't yes. know if you guys saw them or not. They yes. were everywhere. I mean, they, that's a company that's came out of nowhere in the last couple of years. And the irony of it is, they just took that model to the next level and extreme. They're even trying to a- attract the demographic that's more likely to give up and fail. It's by giving away free pizza every month. No, you're lying. I swear to God. I mean, oh, what yeah, do you there's mean? Free pizza. There's free pizza once a, once a month. Free pizza days. <laughs> 
Wait, what? Yes. Yeah. And extre- hmm. they do. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. It's sick. Yes. And they actually <laughs> detour people. Like, You're most serious and like committed. Like eating a pizza and like puking. You're like, ah, on the treadmill. If you, <laughs> if you come in there in a tank top, you can get thrown out. So they don't, they're not, they don't want this bodybuilder image. If you, if you drop any weights too loud, a lunk alarm goes wow. off and they kick you for, out. Think about it this way for their model, like a person who's super hardcore is going to make them lose money. Right. Because they're going to use their equipment a lot, go in there all the time, pay their cheap membership. So they're trying to people. attract the people that really are, are destined to fail anyways because they got the bad information. They're signing up just because it's cheap and they get some free pizza and they're incur- basically encouraging them to stop. I feel bad. I mean, Planet Fitness exists. That blows my mind. Everywhere, right? But I think a lot, a majority of the people that belong to those gyms are in kind of middle of America, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ish. Yeah. But I, I just feel like they're, yeah, they're like taking advantage of- you know, oh, I, who's yeah. fighting for those people? They you don't know. know. They don't think, know. You're right. You're right. And I do, you know, of course, consumers always have the control. You need, you know, they're the ones making that decision and, and also driving the market. But at the same time, I feel like those of us in fitness, health, and wellness have a responsibility to actually help people for real, not just for right now, not just for, know. you know, we're going to give you, you know, you're going to lose 10 pounds in one week and then, you know, and then they, they lose it and then they gain it back and they have self, horrible self-image or damaged metabolism or whatever hormone issues. I mean, we've seen it all. I feel like we have a responsibility in fitness to do the right thing because mm-hmm. I really do think proper fitness and health, if, it, if done properly with the right motivations, is uh, such an amazing thing. It's the answer to a lot of the... Pro- if we look at the chronic issues now that are ailing people, we're looking at like anxiety, the number one psychiatric disorder that's going on uh, in, in you know modern Western societies. Mm-hmm. Depression, very, very mm-hmm. high. Hypertension, um, cardiac arrest. Then you got the physical stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, heart disease and, you know, diabetes and, you know, Alzheimer's this later on. This is increasing. This is, the, this is the answer to that, or it should be. I mean, it's actually not right now, but it should be the answer. So I feel like we have that responsibility and that's kind of the, the, well, it's uh, the ir- driving force. It's ironic in an age right now where we can get information so easy today mm-hmm. with all with our phones. It's crazy, but yet all these things are arise. So we're supposed to be smarter. Information is easier to access, but yet fake news, right? <laughs> I th- literally, <laughs> right. I think it's it, it's interesting too. Like when you touch on the Alzheimer thing, it almost like goes into also like Down syndrome too. You know those kind of topics and the increase of Down syndrome in the past like ten years. And like, have you heard, read the studies of like its correlation to the like low fat craze? No, I did not know that. So they talked a lot about how that was during the time where like fat was considered bad and fat was considered negative and they saw an increase, a correlation between the increase in Down syndrome wow. and like how you're suffocating your brain, which is made of fat because you decrease the amount of fat in your diet and how mm. ketosis can help with that. So that's why ketosis is oftentimes like they prescribe to people for certain ailments, whatever. But I feel like when you start to talk about like cancer and Alzheimer's and things like that, people are like, no, no, no. You know, kind of it gets like a little bit, like it's a little touchy and it's a little dangerous for people. Well, it's touchy. And this is the thing where I think a lot of what motivated us, right, is there's this, you get a lot of scientists and doctors that want to draw the line in the sand because we don't have enough conclusive evidence yeah. that proves it. So therefore we're going to lean on the opposite opposite side until we prove, other, uh, prove otherwise. Mm-hmm. Well, the Western medicine model um, has a tough time with chronic uh, mm-hmm. issues. In fact, mm-hmm. we're terrible with chronic issues because Western medicine, it does great with acute problems. You have an infection, you break something, you need surgery, but they look at chronic uh, health issues as a co- compilation of symptoms. 
And their answer to that is to how do we get rid of these symptoms? How do we suppress these symptoms? How do we numb the pain? How do, okay, you have you know, chronic irritable bowel syndrome. Let's put you on steroids so that you no longer have the symptoms of your irritable bowel syndrome. When in reality, what we need to do is look at the root cause. And the root cause is complicated. The root cause is not one thing. It's different for it, everybody. That's it's the different. problem. It's, it's lifestyle. It's nutrition. Um, it's uh, thought processes and patterns, uh, which it, it's all integrated, right? The human organism, it's all, it all matters when you're looking at that stuff. So the Western medicine model is designed to, to isolate and find specific causes. And when you're dealing with a chronic issue, you've got this general broad thing that we're looking at. I mean, imagine if you went to the doctor and the doctor said, okay, you have... You know, it looks like some rheumatoid arthritis. You have some, maybe some hormonal issues. What I'm going to do is I'm going to fast the two, I mean, excuse me, I'm going to prescribe a two-week fast. You're going to meditate twice a day. You're going to exercise here. I mean, imagine if they did that. Uh, it'd be very difficult. It'd be, it'd be difficult because we're not uh, conditioned to understand that. I think a lot of people wouldn't want to do that kind of stuff. And there's really no money in that. There is no money. How do you, you know, when you prescribe those types of things, who makes a profit mm, off of those things? So it just doesn't work well with the model. Luckily for us, we are in the information age and it does feel like this information is starting to become more mainstream, more mainstream yeah. which is very good. I mean, just three years ago when we started our show, there was a clear divide between the wellness crowd and the fitness crowd. It was like two different things. Like you either were kind of a hippie with your wellness and meditation and stuff, or you were like ripped and buffed and you took tons of creatine and pre-workout supplements. And there was no, there was no merging. Today, in just three years, we're now starting to see that crossover a little bit. There wasn't an organic protein powder market three years ago. Now it's, it's massive, for example. So that's just an example. But you, you're starting to see a little bit of crossover. That's, and that's, a good, that's good news. That's a good thing. That's something we like to see. Mm-hmm. Can we introduce ourselves real quick? Mm-hmm. We, we always jump in, but mm-hmm. we want to circle back around. Do you mind introducing no yourselves? Sure. So my name is Sal Stefano, and then I'm here with Adam Schaefer, and we both host the Mind Pump podcast which we've been on air for about three years now, but we've both been in fitness for a long time. I think about 15 for you. 15 for me and almost 20. 20 20 years for me. Oh God, oh God. Yeah, I'm not old, dude. I I started young. We're pretty much (laughs) like the same. We're like mirrors, same type of podcast (laughs) type of thing. Same vibe, but um, Mind Pond is an amazing podcast. Um, You guys, I love how a lot of times when you guys have, you guys talk about certain topics, your answers are unexpected. Like in the one you talked about recently with libido, I thought it was such a cute answer when you talked about playing that game. Oh yeah. I thought that was like, that was such a fucking good one. I was like, that was so unexpected. I got so many DMs for you that. Did? It's, that that's, was such a good one. Funny you say that. So them. many people, I know, I know. Girls really, want connection. They want yes. like, they want to be seen. So they want to be heard. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. They do. They just, most but guys don't want to say it, right? I mean, one exactly. of my best guy friends was like, stroke his ego. That's literally, and I, I think about that every day. Stroke his ego. <laughs> I literally like stroke that man's ego. The, the, largest, <laughs> the largest and most powerful sex organ is the brain. Right. And <laughs> if you can stimulate that through conversation, through alleviating things that like libido killers, like stress Mm -hmm. and anxiety, uh, you're probably going to feel in the mood if those Mm -hmm. things are gone. It's not, usually it's not, I mean, sometimes it is, but it's usually not hormones Mm -hmm. or chemicals. So you have all these people who go to the doctor and they're like, you know, I don't, I don't feel like the same libido and they test their hormones, they test everything like, well, everything seems fine. Mm -hmm. Now you think you're going crazy. Like have a conversation with your spouse or your, your significant other and see what happens. Mm -hmm. 
good game. I forget. I don't. I don't know what, what was I, the game. I, I put. We put it in the show notes. I know. I know. I'll have uh, to find out. Yeah, it's in that show. So whatever the episode that was, <laughs> it's called Truth or Dare. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. But spin the bottle. Seven it, minutes in it's heaven. A, it's a great little table game, right? It's, it's so a, cute. It's just called What's thing. in My Mouth. Yeah, it just start, <laughs> starts off. You're like gonna a, put that where? Yeah, <laughs> every time. Actually, I do believe there are some fun ones in there too. I think that's what was great about it. I think that's why her and I had such a great time with it because you know one of them would be all serious and deep talking about like you know daddy issues shit mm-hmm. and then the next one all of a sudden would be funny right so yeah. I, it's a, it was a cool little game I think that was uh, and I think for people that, that struggle with that or people that may not even realize that they struggle with that I think I've had a lot of clients that don't even realize that when they've been in a marriage or a relationship yeah. for a really long time mm. that you kind of slowly lost that deep connection and which and I mean and the reason why I know this is so true is because I mean, I know how much I care about my girl, how much I love her and, and what a, a great relationship and great communication we have. But yet I'm still reminded of that in moments like that. Like, oh, fuck, man, I forget. Mm-hmm. That's when you right. An- you answer something like that. That's why I fucking love mm-hmm. you, man. That's why yeah. I love totally. you. Totally, that's the yeah. best. Yeah, and it gets those juices flowing and I realize like, oh, it's shit. It's like a first date thing. You're it, like, yeah. oh, I didn't know that about you. Right, you know, yeah. like that's a surprise. It's like so nice. You're like, oh. Yeah, we've been you together cool. for seven years, and Damn. when we pulled that out, like, I mean, she was telling stories, and I was telling, both of us afterwards, oh, like, I, love I didn't that. even know that. Like, it's oh, it's, it's so crazy. Cute. So I, yeah, no, I recommend that. I mean, if you can do that, you don't need a game to mm-hmm. do that. But some people, if it, it helps, helps. Yeah, it but, helps. I agree. Yeah. I think Give me a help. cue card. Like, yeah. Once See, in a while. Like, what, what can I question? I'd be like, "How's your mom?" He'd be like, "You know her." I'd be like, "Okay, <laughs> next question." <laughs> <laughs> well, that really it really stemmed from you know last year my new year's resolution was uh, to read a book every month. Mm. And I also was doing that with Katrina. Mm. And so I saw what that did for our relationship. So it was really cool to go through that with her. So she did the same thing with me. So I ended up, you know, knocking out one myself and then yeah. one with her and the, and her and I sitting in, and we're, obviously we're listening to audio books. So I wasn't reading to her like that. So we listened to an audio book together. <laughs> She's not sitting on the floor. <laughs> right. yeah, 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 yeah. Although that could be romantic. He's like page right? one, everybody yeah. poops. Yeah. <laughs> he strokes her hair softly. <laughs> right, right, right. I had a lot of people ask me that. And I'm like, no, 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 it's just an audio book. We don't, because they're like, do you take turns reading? Does she read a chapter? Then you read a chapter? And I'm like, no, 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 it's just an audio book. But, but what I did notice, it did uh, stimulate a lot of great conversation. Yeah. Um, and we would, we read all over the spectrum of type of everything from business relationship, and that's something too. I didn't we didn't do hardly any relationship type of reads because a lot of people ask that too. Like, mm. oh, were you guys reading a lot of relationship? Yeah. Like, no. No, we were reading shit that we're interested in. She's yeah. very business minded and focused like myself. So a lot of entrepreneur type books and all kinds of things. So we hot. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> hot. No, she will. She'll read an economics book with me. She'll do everything. So I, I love it. But And it, remind, it reminds me of those are the things that made me fall in love with her. And I think mm. that when we've been in relationships for a really long, really long time, it's easy just to forget about that, you know? So mm. it's sure. a great reminder. Love that. So I'm interested in like kind of tracking like when that switch flipped for you guys in terms of playing a game like that. You know, I'm sure, mm-hmm. like, bring us back to, like, your early 20s, like, physically, oh emotionally, you know, where was that, like, kind of change, that turn in the road? I think that I've been a pretty self-aware kid for a long time, but I, I know for sure my girl and I wouldn't be together if she met me at 23. There's no way. There's right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was, mm-hmm. I was a pain in the ass for sure. I definitely am. I'm still a pain in the ass, but- I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Beat me to uh, it. <laughs> but I, I know that, I mean, I got into reading John C. Maxwell in my early 20s, and I probably read most all his books. And, you know, he talks a lot about self-awareness in there and, I, and leadership, and I like that angle. And so that I started to learn a lot that way and learn to really reflect- 
on uh, on my emotional state throughout the day. And it sounds weird, but I te- this is how I teach people like this process for me mm. is that, you know, it started like when I was just teaching myself this. At the end of the night, what I would do is I'd kind of lay in bed and I'd think about all the things that I did that day, you know, and all the things that changed my state, right? We all kind of have like this even energy, right, that we all have that is your norm. And then you have these spikes of excitement and happiness and joy. And then mm-hmm. you have these you know, valleys where you go under where you're sad or depressed or it's bummed out, whatever. At the end of the day, I would, I would just kind of reflect on the day and I would try and look at all the different state changes that I had and why they were, why they were caused and then dig deeper into them. And, you know, it fucking told, told me a ton about myself. And I think to this day, it's something I still have to practice. You know, when we get angry about anything, it doesn't even fucking matter if it's another person's fault. Uh, it's a reflection of ourselves. I mean, no matter what it is, no matter what someone else did to you, whatever, if it made you angry or upset, it obviously triggered something about you. And nine times out of 10, it's normally rooted in some insecurity that, of your own. And when you learn to look at yourself like that, and you know, I started by, like I said, at the end of the night, reflecting, but now I feel like I'm pretty good where I can do it in concrete. I still catch it. I'm still that asshole. You know, there's still moments of insecurity where I say something that's a mm-hmm. reaction to that. But it's not that long shortly after that do I make that mm-hmm. connection. Like, yeah. you know, and sometimes it even surprises me. Something will come out and I go like, oh, shit, I didn't, that, little, that bothers me. I didn't know that mm-hmm. bothered me. Now I know, you know. So it started for me in probably my early to mid-20s. And uh, I think it's something that it takes developing. I don't think that yeah. you either have it or don't have it. You're going to constantly be challenged. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think to this day I'm, I'm evolving, getting better. I mean, fuck, we talk about all the time on the show that we would have never – been able to do this show with the three, the four of us when you count Doug, alpha males um, in our twenties. No way. Too much, too much <laughs> no fucking, e- too much fucking ego. There's no way. Yeah. You too know, much yeah. testosterone. It would have been a bunch of yeah. But, yeah. fighting. You know, I would have just been like fake. I would have been, you know, just like. Who, what are you, t- who are you talking to? Right, we're so insecure at that age. Yeah, like you're I, so, exactly. You're still figuring yourself out. I always mm-hmm. say, tell people like this. I'd like, be like lying the whole time. Yeah. Like, so last night I did this, and like I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. But the, I mean, these guys are the same way too. I mean, I feel like uh, I'm really blessed that I have the team that I have because everyone is very self-aware. You know, everyone's very self-aware and absolutely we have our moments where we're fucking going back and forth at each other. We just want but, what's best. I think at the end of the day, so if, if you know, Adam or Justin have the right answer, then that's the right answer. And mm. if, I, if I was 20 years old, I would have, it wouldn't have mattered as much because I want the answer, even if it's right. not the right answer. Mm-hmm. Um, now we don't care. It's like, all right, this is the best solution. You came up with it. Doesn't matter. We're a team. Let's move forward. So we, we enter into situations where sometimes we find ourselves in following, you know, leadership positions and sometimes where we follow and nobody cares. It's pretty interesting. It's a very fun environment to be in. And it's the first time I think I've ever been in one like that with a bunch of other men. So it's pretty cool. What's an example of that? So an example, like a specific example. Yeah. So um, now that we've been together for about three years, uh, we kind of know when one person should lead and when the rest of us should follow. So a couple of examples will be like, um, if we're going to, here, I could talk about the guests, right? If we have a scientist that's going to come on the show, usually I'll lead that conversation because that's an area that I enjoy talking about and and my other two co-hosts will follow. If we're going to talk to, you know, somebody who's kind of in that cool factor, maybe somebody from, you know, fashion or bodybuilding or that side of fitness, Adam, that's Adam's, that's Adam's world. 
Justin has cool got that factor. text size. Yeah, yeah. You guys heard like, that, right? And yeah. it's cool as me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I also know, I also identify that he needs to have his ego, you know, blown up a little exactly. bit. Exactly. So, stroke that ego. Example. This that is a good example. This is our title of our podcast. <laughs> stroke that ego. With the guys of mine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of ego stroking. That goes That's the secret, basically. Yeah. That's in a nutshell. That's, That's not even just that. I think there's uh, lots of times, too, in different aspects of the business. Like, uh, we rely heavily on Doug to handle the financials and the bookkeeping. Mm. The I mean, Sal and I are oh, a you fucking don't want us mess. To do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's no way him and I could have built this on our own because it doesn't allow us to focus on our strengths, right? And yeah. so, or something like we're doing today. I mean, we, we flew down here and we're doing a talk where we're speaking in front of people. Justin fucking hates that stuff. Mm. Like he, he does this out of, out of, you know, challenging himself, but he doesn't like love to do it. Sal and I fucking like to talk. Mm -hmm. like it's not mm -hmm. a big deal. So coming down and doing talks is not a big deal for us yeah. to do. So, you know, and it's, there's not this jealousy. Like he wasn't all butthurt that he wasn't come down here. Instead, he's taking care of a project that we need to finish up and shooting video and stuff up in San Jose. So. You know, I think if that was a 20-year-old version of us or some other guy, I mean, there would be all this jealousy, like, oh, you get to go down in LA and take all the pictures and talk yeah. to people <laughs> and so that. I got to be back here and work. Like, no, like, he totally embraces that role, loves that, would rather do that, and the same thing goes for us. So we mm. just learned to kind of... And I don't think we ever even went through a, a, a rough spot where, no. where we had that learning curve of like, oh, shit, I guess Sal's better at that. I'll just let mm. him fucking do that. I mean... I don't know if I remember a, a moment like that. I think everyone just kind of naturally. It's almost a relief. I guess. Like, yeah, so that you don't have to, I think as girls, we, we do found it. that in the beginning, we are like, oh, let me help you do that. I feel bad that you're doing mm -hmm. all of that. Mm -hmm. And really she's, the best at it and mm -hmm. I should just let her fucking do it. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. You know, so like I just, do finances, stuff like that. She does like sound, everything like that. And now we just like let each other do mm -hmm. what we're going to do, you know, and we don't need to like interrupt or like, and mess up that flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think when you're uh, when you're working with uh, Pete, when you're all in that kind of self-aware state, um, it doesn't mean you're not going to have difficulties. It doesn't mean you're not going to have you know uh, arguments over things. But at the end of the day, um, when you can kind of take ego out of it, you come out of it and you grow every single time. You leave ego in it, and it's just you know two egos fighting each other. Nobody wins. Mm. Nobody wins. It's always bad right. when you kind of set them aside. And it's happened a couple times where egos get flared up and we get in, our, in, a, in, a, you know, in a debate or whatever. Mm. And it always ends up the same 10, 15, 20 minutes later, a phone call or a text or, hey, man, listen, you were right, dude. I shouldn't have said, no, whatever, back and forth, and we're done. Right. And it's great. But we, I mean, we, in the environment that we've created is a very like a Mark Cuban-esque type of business. Oh, where, we're, we're super straight. Yeah, there's no, like, if something bothers you, you want, you have something you say, you disagree, like, you fucking say it. If I'm not listening, you yell it. Like, that's mm. just, it's not this, I'm not going to be insecure that you yelled or that you got, I, that shows passion to me. Mm. So if you're coming at me, like, because you feel passionate about something, I'd rather that than you hold it in and be passive aggressive later. That'll fuck the business. Oh, I hate that. Like, yeah. Let's get it on the table. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's hash it out. You speak yeah. your mind. I'll speak my mind. And then we'll sit down together and like hash it all out together. Like, smoke that's, a joint. Right. right exactly. <laughs> we'll be happy. That's kind of how it goes. That's a lot of times that's how it plays out. But I don't think we really have to deal with too much of that. I feel like, no. uh, but it has a lot to do, I think, where we're at in our lives. Too, yeah. So. How do you keep your ego in check in this space, in the podcast world, in the fitness world? I think you're up against a lot of egos and sometimes it's hard not to be like, well, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I, I mean? Don't, you know, do we have, I have a, I think personally, I know why I do. I don't know if you do for a different reason or not, but as a young kid, I, uh, I grew up, um, I hate saying poor because there's lots of people that were less fortunate than I was. But I mean, we moved in nine different houses. I mean, I've been evicted. I know what food stamps look like. I've done that whole thing. I'm, I'm the oldest of five. 
And I, my mom, my, my mom first, uh, her first husband died. My father died when I was seven. He committed suicide. Then my mom marries into an abusive relationship. And then we're, we're not very well off. So I'm at school, uh, I would, but I was always a very popular kid, but I was popular because I got along with everybody and, and I didn't feel like I fit in a niche group. Um, I wasn't wearing all the name brand clothes and I learned really, on, and I definitely didn't avoid any, I got picked on or bullied, all those things that everyone's so afraid of. But those things also made me realize like it's, this stuff can't hurt me. And if I can get past this and if I can really feel comfortable with myself, this is all that matters. And so I learned at a very young age, like to be very mm-hmm. comfortable with who I was. And then I learned to express that at a young age. So I was the kid who wore something totally different than everybody at school and crazy hats and just, and I owned it and I had that personality. So it's actually not that hard for me in this space because I'd rather not be like everybody else. Uh, I, I gravitate to being different than other people mm-hmm. and I've always been that way. So yeah. I kind of like it the way it is right now. It's more comfortable for me. Yeah. I don't want to try and fit and in. And something, yeah. you know, something happens when we get on the mics uh, to record. It's like all of Magic. a sudden, well, all of a sudden we're just open mm-hmm. as fuck. Like we'll talk about everything and it's hard. You ha- When you're that open on the microphone and you record something and it's out there, I mean, I mean, it does wonders for growth. Like, you know, we talk about our insecurities, like why we started lifting weights, why we started training. We talk about our fears. We talk, I, I went through a divorce through the beginning of Mind Pump, through after being married for 15 years, and I talked oh. about it on the show. It was incredibly therapeutic, but when you're that open and you address your own weaknesses that openly and publicly, people can't touch you. you. You They really can't. Like, what are you gonna say to me? Like, I've already talked about that. It's not a big deal. Part of the training ground for that though was, all these clients that we trained. And I remember for me, there was a switch probably again in my mid twenties or so when this all started to come together, where I started to realize that I really wasn't helping my clientele. Here I was, I won all these records. I was the number one guy, I was making good money. Uh, I was recognized as a top trainer. But when I really looked at like the stats, like how many of my people actually saw their goal and then kept it for the rest of their life? And if I was being very honest with myself, it was probably less than 20%. Mm. So I was really failing 80% of the people out there. So I think, realizing that there was more to fitness than just programs and diet, program writing exercises for people and try hard. And if you don't get your goal, it's because you're not serious or you're not mm-hmm. dedicated. When really there's a lot of psychological stuff going well, on with people. That's most of it. And mm-hmm. when you started to make that connection as a trainer and you start to realize, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time on the things that I've been told are the most important things. But what I'm realizing is when I start getting to the bottom of this deeper shit with my clients and I help them connect those fucking dots, all that other shit actually gets and really you flip fun. it on yourself. Yep. It's really easy. So mm-hmm. we had a pretty good training ground when you think of that. Where and unfortunately, it probably probably did a lot of people not so good for a long time before we started to put together. But I think that I think that's also helped with our message. You know, definitely, absolutely. And the honesty thing. So when you were going through your divorce and um, you were being so honest about that, that's something. So Lindsay and I through the podcast we're very honest too, and it's it's almost funny because I'm probably more honest when I'm on the podcast than I am with people normally. Like I don't, real, I'm not really like a sharer with people that I meet. You know, people that I'm very close with, I share, but only when it's prompted. Um, have you ever had a time where you shared something, or you kind of like felt like you overshared, or you maybe regretted it, or you received like feedback or anything like that? It was the last straw that broke the camel's back on my marriage. Was mm-hmm. actually our podcast. 
Um, so, and now that doesn't mean that the podcast caused everything right, to right. happen. It was, it was going that direction. Um, but uh, my openness and I'm an open, by the way, I'm an open person anyway. If you meet me in person and we start conversing, I'll talk about anything. I have mm-hmm. no problem doing that. And I tend to not judge people. So people tend to be real open with me. And it's really the way I like to talk to people. Mm-hmm. I hate surface conversation. Totally. I think it's boring as hell. I don't, I don't know why people are so afraid of sharing certain things. I mean, I know there's obvious things you probably don't want to share, but for the most part, like let's just be real with each other. Yeah. And so all of a sudden I had a microphone in front of my face and now I'm saying it and it's out to thousands of people. And at the time, my wife hated it. She was a very private person. We'd already been going through our own struggle. And now I'm, I'm on there talking about sex and drugs and I'm, you know, I'm cursing and I'm doing, she's like so embarrassed by it. And I can't believe you're saying these things. And I'm telling her like, well, I mean, that's me, you know, me, you know how, you know, this is how I am. I can't change who I am. And it was that last straw. It really was because she couldn't, she couldn't handle mm-hmm. it. But yeah, I mean, as far as being honest is concerned, I don't know I if think, I could, I don't know if I couldn't. I think every time one of us has felt like we overshared, we realize that that ends up being some of the most impactful episodes. Oh, like, always. Like I, we, always. We have definitely have done this a, a fucking at least a hundred times. We hang the mics and go, uh, I don't think we can air that. You're like, uh, I don't want to air that. Yeah. Oh yeah, and fuck how, yeah. How often do we not air something? We, 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 never. Never, we air everything. We air every we've single never, thing. We've we never don't not cut, aired something. Yeah. But we have said that to ourselves many of times because we do, and again, reflecting on ourselves and like that's our own insecurities, like being afraid to put it out there and like, oh, what if people think this because I said that and now they're going to think that, but mm. it's like, who fucking cares? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like that's what we, we pride ourselves on is being real and putting it out there. And when we do- we always get that confirmation, but yeah, we still get those scares, but mm-hmm. everybody always, those are the ones that, that normally, I mean, fuck, we were talking to some guy today. It was, it was tough for me because I could see his eyes. He started to welt up. And some of these people, you don't realize how much they, uh, they connect with you. Like, I mean, your, your story for them, uh, man, I, and I don't, I don't think I would have realized that. And this trip actually has been pretty crazy for us because we don't really come out and do the whole expo thing. And we didn't even promote it that much. And to see, uh, the amount of fans that came out and the type of fans that we have are just fuck, man. These aren't like Instagram fans where people care. They like, they come up to us and it's like, man, you fucking changed my relationship. Yeah. You changed my life. You helped me with this. And like, that's fucking, yeah. that's really cool. Humbling. And, yeah. It's crazy. Very humbling. Yeah. Very, 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 very yeah. humbling. It makes it all worth it though, for mm-hmm. sure. But we definitely have those moments where we afterwards go like, oh, fuck. Dude, well, I, don't I know. think you're so connected too with your audience that like, sometimes you say something and you're like, oh, I don't know if they're going to take that like mm. personally, you know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. we know that they'll reach out mm-hmm. and say something. Mm-hmm. So it's also dealing with the feedback. How do you guys deal with feedback? Do uh, you- take- I struggle with it at the beginning. Yeah, we, uh, we I mean, you're going to get haters. You're going to get people who aren't going to like what you say. And you get people who like what you say. We try uh, as much as possible to be connected with our audience mm-hmm. and to you know talk with them and respond to them when they DM us or when they message us. But at the end of the day, I can't, ha- the only, I can't have let anybody control how I feel. That's, that's just how I feel. So if I'm going to have a hater who doesn't like what I said, and if I'm being true and honest, and here's the thing, here's the fear. The fear is if I'm being honest and real and then people don't like it, oh my God, what does that mean? I think that's why some people have a mm-hmm. tough time being real because if I'm fake and you don't like it, well, that's okay because I wasn't really being real anyway. Mm-hmm. But if I'm real and you don't like it, well, shit, you know, what does that mean? So, but you can't let, I mean, at least for myself, I try not to let people control. If people don't like me, they don't like me. It's not, it's, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. As long yeah. as I, and I'm a good person. So I really don't feel, 
I don't feel bad about it. It might be something, maybe an opinion I had or something like that, but I know my intentions are good. So. Well, I struggled at the beginning with it because when we first came out- You we gotta got, talk about that review. Well, yeah, the first- <laughs> The damn reviews. There is, there's a review. There was one review, <laughs> What right? was it? There no, was one I, review I actually don't even too. remember. I don't even remember what they said, but what I struggled with was when we first started the show, I was right in the middle of this whole competing thing. Uh, and I was right, uh, I was on my first, I think it was on my first pro show in men's physique. And man, I, I had a really hard time because right out the gates, we got uh, labeled as the the nerd, the nerd, the jock, and the ego. ego. Who do you guys think was the ego? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I get labeled as that right out the gates. And, and like, I'm like this ego bro personality because I'm talking about my macros that I'm counting and I'm measuring my food and how I'm getting ready for stage and all mm -hmm. this stuff. Meanwhile, if you really know me, I have never had a fucking desire in my life to compete on the stage and I give two shits about it and I don't like it, but I saw the opportunity for me to use that as a platform mm -hmm. to pivot and do this. So it's at the beginning, a lot of but the people didn't know that. People knew me as this guy, you hear me on the show and of course they're asking me questions about getting ready for a show and I'm sharing it. So early on, I had this kind of like, and the, if you went back and looked at my Instagram when I first started it, I used a lot of transformation pictures of me because I let myself get out of shape and I showed people my journey to getting in mm -hmm. shape. A lot of shirtless pictures. So a lot yeah. of shirtless pictures. Which, Swinging on a swing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. right, yeah. there's, there's one there. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's one there. That'll be in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> He's like getting out of the pool. <laughs> yeah. I got them all, right? So I got them all. And, uh, and so a, a lot of that uh, was a business strategy for me when we first started and it definitely stuck with me for a while when we first started Mind Pump. It took a while before uh, people started to, to let go of that's who I, and I, I didn't identify, because I don't identify with that at all. I don't identify with the bodybuilding world. I, I'm not a fan of it at all. I had fun and I admit all the fun that I had while I did it and I think it's really cool, but that type of a person who just does that their whole life and is into it and That's you know, not who you yeah, chasing a trophy and stuff like that. Like, no, mm -hmm. that wasn't, that was I think it. it's kind of falling off. I don't think it's really like, I think it's losing popularity. Fuck, I don't know, uh, do you know, think it's, man. Do you think it's getting bigger? You know, bikini, bikini and men's physique. Bikini and men's physique are Everybody exploding. wants to be one, right? That's terrible. To, especially, I'll tell you what, especially for- Why is it terrible? I'll tell you why. It's especially yeah, it's for, so uh, uh, well, both for men and women, but I see a lot more of a problem for the young ladies who are mm -hmm. trying to do these bikini competitions is the the damage that they're doing to their metabolisms is crazy. I mean, we'll get people who are message us, like young women, 120 pound females doing an hour cardio day, consuming 1200 calories a day. And if they consume anything over 1200 calories, they gain weight because they've got their metabolism to such a point that it's become so efficient because of all the crazy amounts of cardio and dieting that they've done that they can no longer eat over 1200 calories. And this is somebody who's doing an hour of Whoa. cardio on a daily basis. Hormone problems, uh, relationship with food problems. It, sure. it, competing is a uh, fantastic way to develop a horrible well, uh, relationship. I talk to about food. this on the show all the time that I remember when I first got backstage, I'll never forget this. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, I'm a fitness professional. I've been one for years. I'm getting backstage. These are the elite, right? This is the 1% of the 1%. These are the people on covers of magazines. So they must be fucking really smart. Like that was just my assumption was that the level of understanding of nutrition and exercise to get your body at this level, you got to know your shit. I just oh, assumed that. And then I started asking mm -hmm. questions and talking to people and I was floored by what I was hearing. I was like, oh fuck, this is like 
awful information. Your coach is telling you what? Mm. You know, and the stuff that the information they are giving them is just kind of like passed down bro science. And maybe it fucking worked for your coach, but there is no science supporting why you should do that. In fact, you're actually probably doing more harm than you are doing good for yourself. And that's not a good idea. No. So then I, I thought, okay, well, maybe that's just at the amateur level, right? Okay, Adam, I just got the shows, mm. but maybe the pros, when you're at the pro level, these motherfuckers know what's up, what time it is, and they're going to be really mm -hmm. smart. Same thing happened again. I get to this level and I realize real quick that I saw more eating disorders within the bodybuilding community than I did in the thousands of clients I've trained for the last 15 years. That blew my fucking mind, especially going into it thinking that this is who are, are leading our Instagram, leading our magazines, mm -hmm. leading our blogs that people are listening to for information because they look so awesome. And, it's, and these people are providing the information for other people to get in shape. Fuck, that's scary. It's a lot of times with like the health um, and food bloggers. That's uh, true. Christina was Christina one that told us she about schooled that. us on that. It's crazy. I did, I had, we had no idea it until makes she me sad, man. But it's just like that. It's, it's it, bad. It's the same A lot thing. of them, they get into it because they have an uh, obsession with food. So of they course. kind of like want to be around it and they want to be like associated with it. So they're kind of just like using it to do recipes and stuff like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Can you look like those bodybuilders look? Naturally? Not, not naturally, mm -hmm. but is there a way in which to look like that without starving well, yourself and having well, this well, here's, here, well, here's the deal that I like to tell people all the time. Like if you were to truly imagine, if you were truly healthy, balanced on all levels, emotional, spiritual, you know, fitness, if your nutrition was balanced, um, and you were truly healthy in the in the in the realest sense. Mm. What does the physical representation of that look like? You're probably going to be relatively lean. You're probably going to have a decent amount of muscle and strength performance. You're going to have good skin, good digestion. You're going to have you know good, good stamina. Moods. For the most mm -hmm. part, that physical representation is about as awesome and fit as anybody would ever want to look. Now, when you talk about bodybuilders and when they get on stage, that is extreme. Right. You are, t especially for the women, when for women to get into the single digit body fat percentage is so unnatural and so crazy. I mean, you cause fundamental changes in your hormones or you lose your period. I mean, this mm -hmm. is a, a something that's natural mm -hmm. in your body that stops because of your super low, low body fat percentage. But that physical representation of real health, for the most part, people would be more than ecstatic to look like that. The irony of it is when you chase that look, when you chase wanting to look a particular way, you not only don't get to it, but you also sacrifice your health. So it's actually, the irony is to not chase that, but to rather chase the health aspect and then have that be the side effect. And that's the message that mm -hmm. is not being taught and told. No. Um, and it's also, I'll tell you what, even if you want to compete, look, if you want to be an extreme athlete, if you want to get extremely shredded for a photo shoot or whatever, being in a healthy state, balanced state is a fantastic baseline to move from. What happens with a lot of these athletes is they don't have that baseline. Mm -hmm. It's either super shredded and muscular or I'm off season and off season is terrible. Well, bottom line is it's, n it's not healthy to mm -hmm. even be that shredded. So that's the problem within the first right. place. Right. Is, you, you know, it's not, it's a sport. Can the industry it's, like lower their standards? Yeah, lower the shreddage. That, you well, know? That's where their money is. Right. Their, their money is not in- right. Because and, in the products yeah. and yeah, all yeah. of that. They've, they've tried. They've tried to, I'll tell you what, if you saw women's bikini, uh, like the top in the world women's mm -hmm. bikini in 2009, yeah. Probably the, top in the, the top in the world in 2009 wouldn't even rank in a probably regional competition today. That's how different they look. And that's wow. because it just tend, the judges tend to crazier, push crazier, that crazier, look. Crazier, yeah. So now bikini competitors today look like 
fitness and figure competitors did 15 years ago and figure and fitness competitors today look almost like bodybuilders did, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. So it's just, it's, 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 more, it's, it's all about the crazier you look, the more marketable you are mm. right now. When you talk about the, when you look at the supplement industry and how it's marketed and how it's the quick fix and yeah. all, you know, like, I mean, look at the names of them. And most of the names of them are like spinoffs of like anabolic names. Just so people want that. People, so people, true. people are seeking it's that. It's like ripped and crazy. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. like it's, I mean, some of them will even, tear. Some, so you'll Super get some fan. supplement bottles and they'll have like a syringe on it. Like it has anything to do with the fucking so right? true. Yeah, but, but it makes people think like, oh, I'm definitely this getting something like, yeah. like steroids, right? Like shreds. So, right. And then, oh, you, God. and then you have some big steroid guy. Can we talk guy. about shreds? Oh, oh geez. Sure. You are a fan. How'd you know? Well, I, I knew him, but my friend worked at Cellucor and he told me about shreds about, I, I don't know. You guys know this probably too, about how the creator of shreds started the uh, Instagram accounts, like the words health and nutrition, and then grew those to like a million by posting mm-hmm. pictures of like right. whatever, and then and gave then them to, to the shreds girls. It's right. a, it's a, it's just a, it's a, it's a game. It's yeah. a big game. You know, the good news is I'm starting to see a little bit of a shift. I think, mm-hmm. Um, where yeah, because haven't they died? I mean, are they are they yeah, still going? Shreds doesn't exist anymore. No. Is it like completely gone? Yeah, I think they got. I think it was like with a lawsuit. I think they got a lawsuit. Well, one of their top them. fitness models. No, no, she's talking about something happened afterwards. Really? Yeah, yeah. Devin Physique went way early. They were still going after Devin Physique left. They were going for a little bit longer. Yeah. Page is gone, right? Yeah, I think they're. I mean, I think all the ones that were originally attached to them are gone. A lot of people don't know this, but fuck, Mind Pump was like the fir- well, the first person that I know that has ever talked about shreds, and we did it three years ago when they first hit the market. Uh, we yeah. called Shut them. Up. Oh yeah, because this yeah, is yeah, we called them. This out has a been bit. our message. Fuck yeah, that's this has amazing. been our message since the beginning. And oh, we got, all yeah. we all said, listen, we We've have nothing against so this wars. company. We have nothing against Good. this company, but they're a perfect example of what we're talking about and why we exist. And so we use them as a, an example, not that like, and we said we could gave Arvin his kudos and everybody is the listen business savvy wise, fucking brilliant. 100%. Yeah. But this is why we're here is to teach you guys that the market is marketing to your insecurities and that's not what you want to get fed. Not if you want to see real long-term results and you guys actually want to see change. And really the importance of supplements is not that they're not that important. It's way down the list of things that you should look at and they make it seem like supplements are so important that they make that big of a difference. They actually don't. They make almost no difference. It's nutrition, eating, sleep, um, stress management, and that's pretty much, you got those done. You're like 99.9% of the way there. Right. What supplements do you think work? So supple, if you supplement for your needs, they can be effective. Right. So, For example, I use vitamin D because of my psoriasis. And that's a great example. So, oh, good one. Right. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that. I wouldn't tell everybody to use vitamin mm-hmm. D, but I'm somebody who has skin issues mm-hmm. and I don't get a lot of sunlight these days. And so mm-hmm. I'll supplement with vitamin D. I do enjoy using certain herbs or mushrooms or whatever to work with particular situations. So if I notice that I'm in a higher stress situation and I'm doing all my other stress management, my meditation, my sleep, then I may supplement with something like reishi, which is a, a mushroom mm-hmm. that's really good for, the best. you know, to, to kind of help mm-hmm. the body um, adapt to the stress or to be a little bit more resilient. Adaptogen. Yeah, right. It is. Absolutely. But it's not uh, up there with sleep. Like if you, you could take yeah. all the ratio in the world, but if your sleep is off, it's not yeah. going to do anything for you. And if, and the sleep will make a way bigger difference, that's right? right? That's, that's right. And I think, and I think that's yeah. what we always tell people. It's like, it's not that we're anti-supplements. I mean, fuck, we're sponsored by a supplement companies, but we try and teach people like you use it to supplement. The idea is that you get as much nutrients as you can through whole foods 
And if you can't get it through Whole Foods, then we use these things. Then we use these supplements, but you use it on a need basis, and ideally you're still searching to get it from Whole Foods. So, and yeah. They're not all created equal either. I mean, I think uh, supplement, just like the Western medicine, will take and extract a particular compound within a plant or an herb and say, this is the active ingredient. So what we're going to do is we're going to standardize it and concentrate it. And then we're going to give this to you versus, uh, you know, maybe more of an Eastern approach that understands that the whole plant probably has synergistic qualities. There's probably checks and balances built in the plant. I mean, we co-evolved with our environment. And so I'll give you guys a good example. Um, it's pretty easy to overdose on a bottle of aspirin. Very hard to overdose on the bark of a white willow tree. Um, and white willow bark contains the natural ingredient uh, that is that is like aspirin. So, and that's where they got aspirin from was from studying this. So I could eat a shit ton of bark and I won't over, overdose on it because I'd have to eat so much of it. Well, it's that like it sugar. Be you guys know how much in a can of soda, what, we have what, 35 or 40 grams of sugar mm-hmm. in there. You know how much sugar cane you'd have to eat to actually consume 35 grams of sugar? So true. Yeah, fucking six feet of fucking sugar cane. <laughs> it's like bamboo too, if people don't know yeah. what sugar cane looks like. So good luck with that. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so- and so some supplements are better better because they have mm-hmm. that whole approach. You're not going to get as acute of an effect, but you're going to get a better health effect. Yeah. What are some fitness things that you're obsessed with right now? Like what are some things that you're like, damn, this is like really, this is a practice that I'm adding to my routine or something I'm eating that I'm really loving right now? Well, I'll tell you, um, since we've been on air, there's been a few um, kind of paradigm shifts in the way I even look at and approach exercise. One of them, and this one's more recently, is understanding the central nervous system's role in things like flexibility, uh, tightness, and mobility. And so stretching, for example, we think of stretching, we tend to think of stretching as making a muscle more pliable, therefore it becomes more flexible, almost like a rubber band. Mm -hmm. The reality is stretching does nothing to the muscle. What it is doing is it's telling the central nervous system it's okay to move in a new range of motion. So it's all about central nervous system Mm -hmm. training. Once... I understood that I because I know the best way to train the central nervous system is with frequency. So think of riding a bike. You're better off practicing an hour every day than you are practicing one day, eight hours or whatever. You're better off doing lots of frequent stimulation. So with stretching, for example, I realized that, God, if I did 15 minutes of good stretching every single day, that's more effective than dedicating one or two days a week uh, to stretching. And you start to apply that to other aspects of mobility and training and you start to get phenomenal results. Uh, trigger sessions, which is a concept that we came up with for one of our first programs, our mm-hmm. uh, MAPS Anabolic. A trigger session is low intensity exercise that you do on the days off or in between your hard workouts. So you're not training super hard, but you're getting kind of a little bit of a pump, a little bit of stretch, you get a little, a little bit of a burn in these particular target muscles. But that low level frequent stimulation uh, really primes the central nervous system and sends a small muscle building signal or fat burning signal it's far more effective. The, uh, the, the evidence or the scientific evidence actually supports that. They've done studies on cardio, for example, where somebody will do one hour cardio once a day. Another person will do, for example, two 30-minute sessions or you know, three 25 minutes or whatever. And they find that the shorter frequent sessions are more effective. Hmm. They cause less metabolic adaptation. They cause better adaptations in terms of muscle gain, fat loss, and so on. So That's kind of, we talk a lot about frequency, but you can apply that to pretty much anything when it comes to the body where you give it these small frequent doses rather than these long planned out super intense doses, you're going to get really, really good results from doing that. 
we had a we did a breath work and meditation um, session last night. We had a doctor on, um, Doctor Green, and he was talking about how your body loves repetition. So it's like really important, you know, to go to bed around the same time, get up around the same time if you can, kind of keeping the repetitive aspect. And I think that speaks a lot to that. So it's like stretching for fifteen minutes every day rather than doing like a bunch at one time. It is, and you know, we had Doctor Andy Galpin on recently, and he, he said something else fascinating. Say to optimize versus <laughs> yeah, he said adapting. you're either optimizing or adapting. So optimizing That's is I'm doing everything mm-hmm. perfect that my body likes. I'm going to bed early. I'm drinking this much water. I'm eating this particular way. I have stress management and that's optimizing. But you also need a certain amount of adapting and adapting doesn't happen in the body unless there's a stress. So, cause we look at things that are stressful or stresses like exercise, where sometimes we look at them like they're bad, but used properly, those are the signals that tell our body to change. So every once in a while, it might be a good idea to not drink as much water. Every once in a while, it might be good to not go to bed early and, get, and push the body a little bit. It might be a good idea to stress your body out with super intense exercise. And those signals tell the body to adapt. And that adaptive process is what makes us stronger and more healthy. Otherwise, if we go pure optimization all the time, you're in bed, you know, sipping on water, super serene environment, whatever. <laughs> and the body can actually become sick as a result of not mm. uh, adapting. So it's kind of that balance between the two. Love that. That's interesting. I'm not obsessing over any fitness stuff right now, to yeah. be honest. If I'm being completely, I'm just if I, yeah, no, no, I'm not You're chilling. I mean, I'm probably, well, yeah, I'm dealing with it. I'm rehabbing myself, so oh. I'll, I'll be obsessive about that a little bit mm-hmm. once I get going on that. Um, I'm dealing with trying to boost my uh, natural testosterone mm-hmm. levels right now, so I'm a little bit, I'm reading a little bit there. But probably, if I'm obsessing about anything right now, I'm reading a lot around cryptocurrency right now, dude. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, yep. yeah, we're, we're trying to get cryptocurrency that. people on the podcast because we're really like. I'm actually trying to do the same thing too. Yeah, we'll let you know if we find it. My boyfriend's really into it. He's made, he's really doing well. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's It's very fucking cool. I've got quite a few buddies that uh, worked on Wall Street that are day traders. I don't think people realize just how disruptive of a technology that is. I mean, we're we're talking about major disruptive. Very fascinated with it. I'm very very fascinated with it, and uh, I just I'm right in the middle of a book too, uh, bankruptcy of our nation, Mm -hmm. and gets into some of this too. And I just what what's happening right now? I really whether it's cryptocurrency and this is the one that's going to stay and Bitcoin's around. I can't tell you that, but I do believe that this is the future of how we will trade. It just, mm-hmm. it makes sense when you look at the way monies have evolved over time, you know, from us wheeling around gold bars and shit, mm-hmm. you know, to paper money to eventually paperless money where mm-hmm. it's it transferable instantaneously. So, mm-hmm. um, and we know that, you know, any, in any other, any other time, right. Fiat money always ends up dying. So it's inevitable, right. It's mm-hmm. inevitable that we're heading that direction that, Eventually, the dollar will collapse. Well, the dollar th- the dollar has lost something like ninety something percent of its value since its first inception. Anyway, right, yeah. Yeah. right. So it's I, I feel like it's inevitable it will go that way. What I don't know, I don't know if this is our future in the next year or two, or is this mm. our, in the future for us the next 10, 15 years? Very fascinated with all that. So yeah, that's probably I'm upset because we, we all do have those personalities, mm-hmm. right? Hundred percent, the three of us uh, will obsess about a topic, which is what we try and do on Mind Pump is not always be so, when we definitely got our start with the fitness 
movement and what you'll see on. more of that in 2018 moving right. outside of fitness yeah but we really are really pushing the podcast because we if we're going to ever go main mainstream you know we'll have to appeal to a, a much broader audience than just people that want to get in shape and we hope that we can impact those people too and get them healthier and living better mm. at the same time but i think branching out into their topics and so a lot of times when i'm i'm i mean i got this guy dude i don't need to fucking read anything to do i mean mm-hmm. he's that's what he obsesses about 90 percent of the time i mean so, you know, Justin and I, a lot of times are branching out in other areas and reading and checking out stuff. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> that is so cool. I love that. Um, so talk to us about, I guess, where you want the podcast to go and how you see your path kind of um, working with your community mm-hmm. to get there. Because I think the community for us has been such an important piece. Yeah. Um, so in what ways are you working with them and what do you see for Mind Pump? Well, do you mean community like our like our tribe of people? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so I mean 100%. Do you have a name for your tribe? Uh, we didn't name them. They I mean, name themselves. Yeah, I what say, do they name themselves? Pump, pump heads. heads. Pump heads, oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> that was that one, and then I call uh, them pee heads. We had yeah. Mind Pump Mafia was going for quite some time. That's a good one. We, yeah, we sold some shirts on that a while back. But yeah, I mean, I tell you what, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. I mean, we grew 100% organic. We just hired our marketing team this year, mm-hmm. so we did not start marketing until literally just like three weeks ago. Up until that point, we'd never spent any time, any money, even trying to do that. It was always about improving the show and guests yeah. and interviews and our, the sound quality and all that stuff. So, yeah, if it wasn't for them sharing, sharing and pushing us out, we wouldn't be where we're at. We have a forum, a yeah, private have, forum that we started yeah. um, early on, and that's it's probably key. our most hardcore fans. And we are all on there probably uh, three to five times a day. I'm probably on there at least 10 times a day. So I'm checking and answering questions and I want to kind of give back. Moving ahead for Mind Pump 2018, I really think is going to be us trying to branch out, not leave fitness. That's always going to be our core, but also start to move out and interview people outside of fitness and talk to interesting individuals in other areas and other things that we're all passionate about. It's also going to be 2018, we're going to work with other people and maybe help develop other talent mm-hmm. because we've identified people that we think really need to get their, their, their voice out there and we think are super talented and we want to work with them and use our, you know, our resources to kind of help get that out there. But I'm really excited about getting people who are not in fitness on the show and just talk about really cool things. Like I love politics. I love economics. Mm. I love other areas of science. Um, you know, uh, you know, Adam and, and Justin enjoy sports as well and, mm-hmm. te- and high tech. And I think there's a lot of interesting conversations that we can have out there kind of branch out. So mm-hmm. that, if we're lucky, we'll be able to do all those things. I really think what'll end up happening for us is I think this is the year that we really tighten up our behind the scenes game because the business has grown, has scaled to this point where if we're going to break through that that next plateau, we a lot of our investing in time will be into people mm. and getting more help. Um, you know, we're at a point now where there's quite a few people behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know that are helping us, and we're still short. You know, with the amount of content that we have committed to putting out there for free. Um, it really does take uh, a toll on all of us to be doing it while we're maintaining everything else, the business. So, you know, you're starting to keep the same. We want to keep good quality as we grow. Yeah. I mean, I, we look back at this last year and an example that I don't know how deep you guys want to go into business talk, but I mean, last year looking at our apparel line, 
it was something we never got into this to sell t-shirts. Like none of us yeah. were like, hey, let's sell some Same. shirts. Yeah. But it did get to a point where we were so big that people were like, listen, we had enough people saying like, mm-hmm. if you just made us some shirts, we'd love to support it. And we're like, okay, well, let's look at it like advertising. We'll just make some shirts, mm-hmm. sell them for whatever. We're not making a lot of much money on them, whatever. So the first year, uh, the, the t-shirt business alone was in a nice, successful business by itself. And we were consistently releasing a shirt or two every month. And because, again, that's not a priority of ours and there was other things that we felt were more important for us to develop, we kind of just like didn't pay too much attention to it this last year. You know, and the the company lost close to $50,000 in revenue that just because we weren't keeping up with providing this for people. Potential revenue. Right. Mm -hmm. So this was something- That's just lack of people, lack of time. Yeah, it's lack of of help and focus. So there's a lot of, I think for me and my experience with this this business uh, compared to anything else that I've done, it's very hard to not get distracted by all the other things that I could be doing. Cause when you look at it, like from a bird's eye view, it's like shit. Every day. There's a business here. <laughs> I need to do this. These people are telling me they would do this. We have this opportunity. We all want to do that. And you know, it real easily, we can get, you know, a little bit over here, a little bit over there and nothing really gets done where I think this year, a lot of uh, mind pump is honing in on a project or two and then <laughs> knocking it out fast. And this weekend's an example of that. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely getting better at like having deadlines on ourselves and saying, Hey, knock this out by this time. And you go handle this. Sal and I are going to be over here handling that. So a lot of that will be going on. I think this year more than anything else, as much as I like to think that we'll be moving into other spaces and doing Mm -hmm. things, we have to tighten our game up before the business scales to the, the next level too. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. That's like us too is like, we do have health and wellness and we do have mainly women and women owned businesses and stuff, but Mm -hmm. we want to talk more about something, stuff that's like interesting to us. So if it's like cryptocurrency or if it's like the politics thing, I'm a little bit nervous about. We did that a little bit at the beginning and people were not feeling it. I don't know why they they thought I would ever. I mean, there's always going to be people who don't feel something. It's it's, it's naturally polarizing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, the the cool thing, because there's three of us, is one of us could do that, and then the other two guys can kind of be cool. So true. So people are like, Sal's an asshole, but I like Adam and Justin. We're like, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Like 66%. We definitely have that. There's for sure a complete division, you know, of like the people that like like to listen. Well, it's because they identify with one of us, right? One of them, one of them's going to, and we're so, the three of us couldn't be more different. It's funny, actually, whenever we meet like fans or people that listen, I always like I'm talking to them. I'm like, which one do you like? You know what I mean? I'm kind of like, am I the one that you like? Or do you like Lindsay? Do I go talk to her? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, am I your favorite? Is Lindsay your favorite? (laughs) Well, I mean, who knows? Yeah. There was one time there was like a comment on a picture. It was like, I love Lindsay for her sexiness and Chris is funny. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got backside I was like, what the fuck? I'm the funny Fucker. friend. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. What has most surprised you about, you know, the podcast, this whole like three years of growth? Um, personally or professionally? You know, the podcast world is interesting. As we meet other podcasters, everybody seems to be super cool. For like, sure. Podcasters right? are kind of like, they all want to help each other. And I, I think I think it's because it's a small community, but it's growing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'll Instagrammer is not a fan. YouTubers not a fan. You know, podcasters. Yeah. Oh you know my what God. my theory is too? I'm sorry. No, it's like, is I think podcasters are willing to help each other because our numbers are not visible. So like, I think with Instagram, you see numbers and I think people are so attached to YouTube and Instagram numbers that they see them and they kind of compare themselves and they can see like, 
if I help this person, they may be better, they may be higher than me because they can get more numbers. But because podcasts are numbers aren't visible, we don't really know where each other are exactly. Like we could say, but you don't exactly know where each other are. So you're like, I'll help you. I don't, you know, I it's think a very pure source of content. Yeah. yeah. You can manipulate the fuck out of Instagram. Yeah. You can manipulate, so you can have true. somebody else do your Twitter. You can have, you yeah. know what I'm saying? You can manipulate the fuck out of all of those a lot. Podcast yeah. is real. It's yeah, re- and it's you. Like, right. You're yeah. listening to yeah. it right now. Yep. I mean, unless you have something scripted in front of you yeah. and that would be, people would but figure it's, that it's, out real It's quick. growing right now very quickly. A lot of I people know. are getting into it. So I don't know if it'll stay that way, but we were surprised. Like we'd meet other podcasters and we'd be like, okay, these are kind of like, although we never look at anybody like competitor, we're like, we're in a similar space. Let's yeah. see what Everybody's super cool. Everybody wants to just share. Hey, mm. look at my guest list. These are the people I've interviewed. If you want to meet any of them, I'll make contact for mm. you and we'll do the same thing. And that's been our attitude from day one. I think one. it's because we're all a part of a growing industry right now. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it's because- I feel it, like grateful to be I'm, like, right. we you know, got in at the right time. It yeah. is. When, when you're when you're in at this time, it really, everyone's kind of learning and everyone's learning from each other. And it isn't, I don't feel like there's that much competitiveness. I'm sure one day we will see it that way. I mean, mm-hmm. sooner or later it will get oversaturated and it'll become bloody waters and everybody will have to figure way out but I think yeah. it's starting it to is to gets <laughs> oversaturated yeah it's, it, it, it looks but. like that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of podcasters are weird too. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. Oh, meeting other podcasters. Sure. Yeah. Just like, and, which is not a bad thing, by yeah, the way. Yeah. I really like weird, weird people. Normal yeah, people like are weird boring cool to me. Yeah, like weird cool or weird not cool. Weird uh, like no, int- intellects. No, a no. Lot I mean, of, a lot of intellects. Lot I feel intellect, like a lot of smart people A little podcast. quirky, a little different. I mean, I remember when we first met Ben Greenfield, a good friend of ours. We went up to his house. You guys know who Ben Greenfield is? No. Okay, so he has a pod, one of the top fitness podcasts, right? He's like a biohacker or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we fly up to his house in uh, Washington, uh, Spokane. And he, he's like, he's such a, he's a great guy, but he's so different. Like mm. he shows up and he's got like bales of hay. He's barefoot. By the way, it's freezing outside. He's <laughs> like, hey guys, give me a hand. This is how we meet him. First so time like, we okay. met him. Like, is this a test? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So we're like, okay. Yeah. So he comes in. The dude is always barefoot. He's got hobbit looking feet because he, he literally goes outside <laughs> and climbs shit. Is he the alien shit. one? Hair on his toes. Dude, he's got these big old ape hands and he, he doesn't sit in his chair. He squats down in his chair like a freaking ah. bird and he's eating out of a bowl with his hands. Mind you, this is like a multi-million dollar home we're in too. Like it's a beautiful, beautiful custom home that he built out there. And we're the talking yeah. about like quantum physics on one hand and then we're talking about psychedelics and we're talking about, and we're having great conversations like this fucking dude is weird but he's really cool. Totally. And we've met a lot of people like that in, yeah. in podcasts. And we're like, that dude was kind of kind of weird. Yeah. A little eccentric, but really cool. Yeah. yeah. And it's totally. like, my, it's like my, my, my tribe, man. I love it. Yeah. yeah we really Damn, haven't, we, cool. I don't know about you guys, but we really haven't ran into anybody that like, we're like, Oh, I don't like them or that we'll never do shit with them again. And I, I haven't ran into anybody that, I mean, there's definitely, there is a difference. And believe between, me, we would tell you. If oh, we yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We have I'm no trying problem. to think for us, maybe one or two who, I know. Yeah. I'm to, <laughs> literally, I'm trying to always think say that we're like, who? Tell who? me their name. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I That's mean, like our test you know joke. what? You know what's really interesting is um, we found with we've been doing a lot of events and having people come and speak at events. Um, mm-hmm. You learn a lot about people in that environment. Yep. Whether it's you know, when it comes to money, when it comes yep. to like- So we find people are more difficult that in that way. Like yeah. it's like either they want to get paid a certain amount. Uh, oh, their time slot changed and they they don't want to be there too long. And you know. it's the high maintenance we find It's like, events. wait, what is the purpose here? So we want you to come because we believe in what you're doing yep. and we want to spread your, your message. message. But- 
Oh, that's right. You guys are in the first Which, year right now. This is a lot of. I, I forgot yeah. that. We yeah. Got what a, have you guys? What when was we the, first started, we got a, a lot of that because you're you're. you're I mean, you guys are on a rocket ship right now. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys are. Go, you yeah, guys, you guys are killing it, but you're right. new. Right? Yeah, yeah, you're still new. new. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, once I you start like to get we're, to, we're barely getting over that hump where okay. our assistant can like name drop us and be like, oh, my pump was here, and they're just great yeah, for the company. When we first started, people don't know this, but I mean, we. We had a flew new, our guest out from across the country. We, we put them up in hotels. I mean, we weren't paying ourselves because we were paying all exactly. our, our guests to come on the show to provide Damn. good content. And we so really we did that like for the pe- first year. And we really like people in person. So it was Same. very expensive because when we do the Skype interviews, they suck. They I mean, suck. you know, people like them sometimes, but there's just how can you have a real conversation? Literally. Yeah. I can't yeah. be funny. No one. It's like hard to get a joke oh, in. They're God. like, Justin, oh, Justin oh. fucking hates Skype. It's oh. so hard because he's like, so witty and he throws zingers. And there's a pause. And then they're like, what'd you say? And you're like, I said, suck a dick. And you're like, oh, that's only funny the first time. Literally, it's only funny the first time. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I said, suck a dick. I remember when Justin actually just got to a point where he's like, fuck it, you guys. If we're on a Skype interview, I'm just like, I just let you guys interview. Because he's like, every time I throw a joke, it just, it would kill the conversation. Because the guy goes, huh? We just had, so we just interviewed Dave Asprey, right? Oh, that's good. He's real interesting. Yeah, he can be, but it was a big commercial. Like when we had him on the show, because oh. we need to get him in person. I think right, we right. need to get him in person. He's coming in, in so we're on right. Skype, and it's and he's obviously like you know he's, he's it's a big commercial. It's very produced. Every question is uh, excuse me. Every answer you could tell has been rehearsed. It's the same answer that I always say. So we're trying to get a little deeper, but it's very difficult to do on Skype. Yeah. But there was one part I don't remember what he said. He said something. Oh, he Justin referred, had, no, he referred to his twenty minute workouts that that's it, similar to CrossFit or right, something like that. And right. Justin in the background's like, yeah, great programming or something like that. <laughs> he didn't hear up. it, but our our audience caught it. Yeah. And they're all like, oh, I love that part on Justin. <laughs> but yeah, that, those Skype interviews are just it's hard. It's it's difficult. And that's funny too. Like when you say with David Asprey, it's kind of like we we're kind of now move. We, we have had big names on our podcast and we will continue to have big names, but sometimes when we have them, all of their answers are so formulaic. We're kind of fucking bored by it. And we're like, we know you're not going to talk about real shit because you're so big that you like are afraid to go deep and talk about real stuff. So it doesn't seem real to us. We're like, Oh, you just had opening sentence, three points summary in right. that answer. And right. that was so boring. That's what, why we find more, more joy in bringing on people yep. that are not as well known, yep. but they're polished. doing something that is, so good, mm-hmm. so interesting. Right. We, it took us about two years, maybe a year and a half, two years to start to get better at po- uh, at interviewing. And we're at the point now, because it used to be, I remember what that felt like. We were in, we would interview someone and I'd be afraid to ask the the, the hard question. You know what I mean? I'd be afraid to be like, oh, oh you're divorced, what happened? You know, like, you know, like really get deep. Literally. Right. And now we just kind of, we stopped giving a shit and it actually helps. Yeah. It actually makes a big difference. Yes. Right. Right. The other thing that we did that really, there's two things that we did that really helped also. One is we don't intro uh, the show until afterwards. So after we're done with the interview, then we record the intro because what would happen before is like we that. would, we do this intro, oh, welcome to Mind Pump. Oh, this is Sal. And then everybody would, oh, I'm on a podcast. I got to turn on. Now we record that afterwards, so we get right in the conversation. Plus, you, you get Same. a chance. You just done talking to somebody for an hour and a half, two hours. You learn a lot about them, and then exactly. I feel like I can talk about you in the mm-hmm. intro way better than if I right. just met you when you walked in the door. And then so. the other thing is, we would fly people in the day before, and we'd hang out with them, have dinner. Sometimes we drink and have a great time, and then when we get on the Dang. podcast the next day, way different. What Makes a, great, a huge difference. Yeah, what a That's great amazing. idea. Yeah. This was all, I mean, this is all stuff that we learned the hard way over time. Like mm-hmm. what, you're, what you're going through right now with the guests, like that will change. It'll evolve from that. It's just that you guys are, we had you guys an, just came we had out of nowhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so even though you're 
big enough for those big name people to come on your show, mm -hmm. they still don't quite know yet. Totally. So they kind of have this attitude a little bit, but that yeah. all changes. You know, yeah. we, got, we got big time one time. We talked yeah, about we the, did. We got the somebody podcast big that I talked shit about all the time was when Mark Bell came on our show and we were just the first year in and we were just starting to really take off and he was probably one of the bigger name people that mm. came on the show. And uh, he interviewed over the phone because we couldn't get him in person. Yeah. And he fucking took the interview in his car phone while, while he, was, he driving. was driving. Been there. Been there, Tom. Been that. there. Oh. New York subway. Have you guys oh. uh, been on the New York subway in an interview before? <laughs> oh, wow. God. Yo, that was, I we were salty. We're uh, like, is that um a fire truck <laughs> that's driving by? Uh, like literally, we're like, fuck you. Right, that's exact, 100%. And you know, every, we, we have a lot of mutual friends and everybody talks a lot of great stuff about him and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. But I remember that interview. Right, and I'm like, and here's the thing for us, it's like, mm -hmm. and, and maybe it served its purpose. And what it was really about was to teach us something for when we get on these. Because we right. do a lot of podcasts that are really fucking small. Nobody knows what the fuck they are, but because I they're actually a fan made, of ours mm -hmm. and they started, it's like, that's something that we vowed that, hey, if we can get yep. the time, we can make it happen. I actually made it a mission to- that's we found Christina. Yeah, to Christina not turn down any podcast. Same. Right, right. We've that. been on every single one that everyone has asked. Yeah, right. and, 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 and we I treat them all like they're massive. You know, yeah. I'm gonna be professional. I'm gonna show up on time. I'm gonna you know be in a quiet room because I know what it's like to feel like the yeah. other person is give a shit. Right. Damn. <laughs> I love talking about all the things that yeah. we've learned because oh. it's just yeah. Like, you guys have learned more, but well, it feels good <laughs> to know that we're not alone. Well, uh -huh. didn't we bring up reps earlier? I mean, we got what 650 reps in already. 650. Yeah. So Dan, you're putting one out every so we five do, days a week. We do five, day, five episodes on a podcast, day. and then we do and seven uh, YouTube YouTube's. videos. Do you? Are you guys? I, mean, I haven't seen your YouTube. Are you guys in the videos? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, well, so we have, most of them. Yeah, we're in most of them. But what we're doing now, and this again, getting yeah. back to like the business, how it's evolving, is we're starting to have a lot of guests that want to obviously come on the YouTube, just oh, like how they cool. went on the podcast. So we'll get you know like Jordan Shallow just came on. We just had Ben. Uh, ben Pakolsky on there. So we'll get some of these bigger fitness name people that will come on that are really smart and have yeah. a good message. We'll let them talk and, and talk all about whatever it is they want to talk about. And we normally kind of guide it. Like we'll tell them like, hey, you know, Ben Pakolsky comes in. He's a biomechanic guy. He's brilliant, right? When it mm -hmm. comes to kinesiology. So we had him talk a lot about mechanics and exercise. So he'll do like an eight part series. We'll record that in like 20 minutes and that'll give us like eight videos. We'll slap an intro on it where I, I come in, I intro it, Sal will close mm -hmm. it out. Mm -hmm. And so now we have content for seven days. That's the best. So yeah. we're trying to get like, I mean, trying to be very systematic about that. Yeah. And we're, yeah. we're, our, one of our strategies purpose. was uh, because there's so little prep that goes into our shows, mm -hmm. <laughs> like we literally turn on the mics and yep. just go, that we realized early on we could outproduce anybody if we take advantage of that strength. Because a lot of podcasters or content producers, there's so much prep that goes into what they do that you know more than one or two podcasts a week is almost impossible. But because we just turn the mics on and go, or when we do YouTube videos, there's a little bit of prep, but not much. And then we go, we're like, you know what? Let's just kill everybody with content. Like nobody's going to put out as many quality podcasts as us. So let's just go for it. And so we made that commitment and- Well, there's and we a strategy. There's we a used strategy. to record them all in one day. Right, right. Early. We tried that too. Yeah. We were at the end of it, we were like, yeah. There so, were like puddles on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah literally dying. Yeah, it's hard. It's I, hard. So I, I big, ups, the, big ups to you. You guys just go too, right? You just turn on your thing yeah. and just yeah. rock oh, and roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can tell in the chemistry too. I think it's better anyway. 100%. Right? Yeah. That's so much better. That's like the authenticity. Like no one wants to hear me be like, oh yeah, 
And so what are your thoughts on ketosis? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like, like I would sometimes listen to interviews and it's like, someone will be like, and you know, that's when um, I discovered that I had cancer. And you'd be like, oh, wow. So um, intermittent fasting. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and you're right. like, uh, <laughs> they just like gave you something. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're not reacting to the thing that they just gave you. Like, <laughs> It's actually more common than you would think. I didn't realize it until mm. we got into the space and yeah. did a lot of interviews. I don't like listen. Like it's now, it's interesting now. Like um, I don't really listen to, as like, I don't listen to podcasts that are like us or like in our same genre. It's more like you guys or like Tim Ferriss Ritual is my favorite, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like those. Cause I just don't want to be distracted by like whatever's happening in my industry. I want to like stick with my mm-hmm. vision, my voice and kind of like just be who I am and then learn from people that are not like me. No, yeah. I think that's, a, I think it's a very smart strategy because I think that's the problem with a lot of people right now is they're trying to duplicate it or they're trying to piggyback off of a trend right now. Like, yeah, I mean, and that stuff's all short lived. I mean, everyone's going to look the same. Well, you're not going to be somebody else as good as they are. Right. You know, good so one. just, just do your own, you know, do your own thing. One of my favorite things, and this is just the selfish part of me is I love having a podcast because I get to talk to cool fucking people yeah, that best. normally wouldn't like, I am I get to call, you know, Rob Wolf and uh, before, how would I get him to talk with me? But now I can be like, hey, dude, I got a podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. We get this many you know, downloads. You want to have a conversation? Yeah. And then I'll ask him shit that I want to know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's Literally. Great. Oh, it's so great. Best part. That is the best. Wait, <laughs> not to be a shitty interviewer, but to transition. Yeah. There was one thing you guys said when you guys had Christine on about eating, about drinking water when you're eating. Why mm-hmm. is that bad? Oh, oh, that's a great one. This is, so, this is really cool because I think- This I is something we, we learned- Recently, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This was a, so Paul Check. Do you guys know who Paul Check is? Mm-mm-mm. So Paul Check is the he's he's probably exemplifies and personifies uh, wellness as a human being better than anybody I've ever met in my entire life. Mm-hmm. He is cool. he's the godfather of wellness. Uh, like if you were to think of like Arnold Schwarzenegger as the bodybuilding, Paul Check is the wellness. He was wow. talking about gut flora. He was talking about you know breathing. He was talking about physio ball type training in the 80s, right. you know, back when people literally would laugh at him. So this is somebody who's a brilliant, brilliant man, very different, can be a little weird, but All super All self-educated too, it's really cool. Oh, mm. He's one of the smartest people I've ever met. And so we had him uh, as a guest a couple times and he talked about how, you know, drinking water when you're eating isn't good because first off, it speeds up the eating process. Um, it also changes the pH of the acids in your stomach that break down food. But for me, the reason why it really struck home with me is I viewed food for so long as a way to put on muscle. I need to eat this many grams of protein. I need to eat this many calories. And a lot of that is force feeding. At some point, you know, my body doesn't want to eat 4,000 calories, but I'm going to eat this chicken breast. And the way I would do it is I'd cut a piece of chicken, put it in my mouth two, three or four times, wash it down with water like I was taking supplements. And I also suffer from digestive issues. That tends to be my, my particular type mm. of problem. So when he's saying this, I said, son of a bitch, I said, I would choke. And then I said, and I thought to myself, I said, what do you mean I would choke? Like, how would I survive as like a caveman if I didn't have water with me all the time? How could I possibly, I would end up dying. That's not right. There's something wrong here. So I stopped drinking water and I started chewing my food and a few things happened. One is I realized that I was way under chewing my food before. Mm. And the chewing process is literally the first part of digestion. digestion yeah. It is digestion as part of it. So that's number one, I was under chewing. Number two, I started to really 
taste the food and become aware of the food. I was also, it was easier for me to eat intuitively because it lets my body catch up. It lets my body send the signals of either satiety or palate fatigue, or you need to change, you know, what you're eating or whatever. Um, and then I noticed my digestion was much better as a result. And now I never drink anything while I eat. And this is something that we tell our audience and we've gotten so many messages from people that are like, I wow. Think I'm, I think I'm opposite. Ah. I still drink something when I eat, but I definitely teach everybody to at least do this one time because I think the lesson in itself is valuable. Because for me, that was what blew my mind was I just didn't think I scarfed my food really. I didn't think of that, but mm. you don't really realize you're talking at a table and you're eating how often you do this where you shovel a bite in your mouth, you chew it two times and then you just reach for the glass and then you wash the rest of it down. I didn't realize that I how much I did that until I challenged myself to do it. So I teach all clients and people I talk to to do that. I don't think it's necessary that you have to eat your food and not drink water. And I don't think it's that bad for us that's going to do harm. But what is true is that a lot of people do that and they don't realize it's that. A, so. It's a great actually awareness bringing, uh, bringing tool. So we talk a lot about intuitive eating or intuitive mm. nutrition. And uh, awareness around food, around the process of eating is so important for that. And we've learned just through uh, the way we were raised, through marketing, through our own, you know, whatever, that we ignore the signals of our body. And one of the best things you could do when you eat is sit down, no distractions, no, no fluids to wash food down. So you have to chew it to eat your food, think about what you're eating and actually pay attention to what you're eating and you'll find that you'll make better choices as a result or that at least is the first step towards becoming aware of how you're eating so you're not mm. you know, either dieting or macro counting or whatever. Yeah, how mm. often are we on our iPhones now or sitting in the living room watching TV? I mean, I when was the last time you sat in front of your food with just your food? It's funny too because, uh, I mean, this is so, it's so silly, but it's been backed by science forever. So we know that if you're distracted by something, you're going to eat more. Um, we tend to, food manufacturers have known this for a very long time. They know that if they pair their food with something like a movie, a ball game, whatever, you're more likely to overconsume food than if you were just sitting there, pay attention, you know, with, to what you were doing. That is so true. How, oh. have, you, how have you helped your digestion? Oh God. And that's do you, a, it, was it from, we had our Dr. Green yesterday talking about, you know, not resting after intense workouts mm. can, I forget what well, he was Well, that's a pro-inflammatory state. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're not really giving your body time. So it was a combination of things. Uh, one was the eating small meals throughout the day, force feeding myself lots of food and protein in the context of inflammation that can really cause more and more inflammation. So you don't let your digestive system really ever rest. Yeah. I also consume supplements like crazy. Mm. Um, one of the reasons why we talk against a lot of supplements is uh, we all have personal experiences with supplements. And I took a shit ton of them. Remember, I'm trying to build muscle. I'm trying to look a particular way. Mm. And all the supplements that I took were artificially flavored or had all these preservatives or colors. And, you know, if you have a serving here and there, it doesn't really make, do, do that much damage to you. But if you consume them for a long period of time on a consistent basis. Or like what a lot of us meatheads were doing where we're having two bars a day plus two, two shakes a day yeah. and four meals. I, I would mean, have like three Quest bars a day. Right. right. You're going to call, you're going to Yo. create, you know, uh, you know, gut dysbiosis where your microbiome is throwing off, yes. is thrown off. You, call, you create an inflammatory state that promotes or can cause something like leaky gut syndrome, where now you're mm-hmm. developing uh, you know, intolerances to foods that you normally could digest and eat normally. So what happened to me was 
I was pushing this. And then of course, eating right after my workouts because that's how I was supposed to build muscle mm. when you're in this inflamed state. So I was pushing my body, pushing my body, doing this for years. And right around the age of 30, my body literally uh, rebelled on me, like totally rebelled on me. All of a sudden, I thought I had Crohn's disease. I couldn't figure out what was going on. I lost about uh, almost 15 pounds. And to somebody who identified with mm. their body, with looking a particular way, you want to talk about a a very valuable, a good. Now looking back, I'm very grateful that I had that lesson, but it's a tough lesson. I mean, you talk about getting hit right in your identification, your ego. It was very painful. Here I am, I'm losing 15 pounds. I'm supposed to be a fitness expert. I'm supposed to be a personal trainer. I identify with looking muscular or whatever. I'm losing weight. I feel weak. I go to the doctors. They can't figure out what's going on. I have no idea what's happening. Now, I was lucky because at this time I had owned a personal training studio slash wellness facility. In my facility, I had people who were very versed in the wellness side. Now, at this point, I'm personal trainer, Sal. I understand resistance training and correctional exercise very well. I understand cardiovascular training very well. I understand macronutrients and calories, but wellness was definitely not an area that I understood much of. I respected it, but I didn't necessarily respect it enough to uh, apply it to myself or to really consider it anything that was important. And in this wellness facility, I had a massage therapist who's super esoteric woo-woo out there. And I had a physical therapist who was also uh, on that wellness side. And she did uh, food intolerance testing and that kind of Mm. stuff. And I love these girls. They were fantastic. We all became great friends. I respected them. Their clients liked them, but I always kind of kept them over there. You guys do your thing. I'll do my thing. Mm -hmm. So here I am, body's rebelling. I have no answers for it. Can't figure out what's going on. And out of desperation, I turned to these two young ladies and I said, like, I can't figure out what's going on. I'm eating healthy. I'm doing everything right. I'm losing weight. What the fuck do I need to do? And uh, I did a gut health. uh, I did a gut test where I tested myself for food intolerances. I uh, examined, uh, you know, personal issues that may have been contributing to some of the stuff. So I started meditating. Um, I started looking at intermittent fasting which uh, never in a million years would I have ever even tried that because not eating food meant I could possibly lose muscle. Mm. But I started fasting. Um, I started at this time also using uh, cannabis. Up until this point, like most kids, I tried, you know, marijuana here or there, but I'd never, I was never a, a, you know, cannabis consumer. It wasn't something I necessarily enjoyed doing. But I started learning about the anti-inflammatory and immunomodulating effects of cannabinoids. And I started using cannabis. And through this process, it took me about a year. It took me a year to get my immune system to calm down enough. Because at this point, if I literally had a crumb of bread, if there was a little bit of breading on my food, a little bit of gluten or something touched dairy, like horrible reaction, um, it took me a year to get my body to the point where it could heal to where I could start every once in a while introducing th- these things into my diet but it took a full year, man, of commitment and swallowing my pride and examining the other side of health and wellness. And I'm grateful for it because it literally turned me into who I am today. It really transformed the message that I give people now, uh, which is a lot of the message that Mind Pump promotes. And had I not experienced that extreme situation, I would have never, uh, I would have never, I would never be who I am now because up, up until that point, why would I? Why would I ever change? My, everything mm. else is working just fine. I think I'm okay. Mm. So, um, but yeah, it was that whole process. And now I understand the importance of whole natural foods. I don't eat for, or, or at least I don't, like I used to eat for muscle or for fat loss. 
Now I eat for health, uh, for how I feel. Um, I examine exercise in a similar way now. The irony of all that is I actually look better now most of the time uh, versus before mm. because the side effect of that is like we talked about earlier is good health and good health looks good. Yeah. It looks really mm-hmm. fucking good. It's not. It's you know. It's not a trade off. Mm-hmm. So, it, uh, you know, awesome lesson. Um, but yeah, definitely, it's molded me into what I am today. Mm. No leaky gut for me. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, your gut, your gut issues don't come out. Right. Right. Yeah. Mine's yeah. expressed itself probably in psoriasis and other issues. So. Mm. That's the other thing too. Mm. Is once you start to learn how the immune system can affect your body, it's not just digestive issues. Mm-hmm. It could be skin. It could be mood, sure. it could be hair, it could be concentration. I think about this is so kind of silly, but when I was little, I had eczema as like a kid, which is like a skin thing. It's mm-hmm. when you're like really rashy and itchy. And I was like, I wonder if that had to do with like my consumption of dairy, you know, kind of like being like, I would have milk all the time and stuff like that. Like I bet you that had to do some sort of allergy related to dairy. The, what we're, we're literally in the middle of an autoimmune uh, mm. epidemic right now. Autoimmune issues have exploded. Um, I mean, you're both young, but uh, I tell you what, when you guys were kids, when you were in elementary school, do you remember a lot of kids with food allergies? No, that's true. No. No. Mm-hmm. Now I have two kids. I have two young kids mm-hmm. and there's entire classrooms that are allergen free. There's, free, yeah. there's, wow. there's, you know, uh, tables, two or three tables dedicated in the cafeteria to food allergies. It has exploded. And that's all autoimmune issues, all of them, not just food allergies, but Crohn's disease has exploded. Irritable bowel syndrome has mm. exploded. Oh, yeah, Psoriasis and eczema have exploded. Rheumatism, you know, rheumatoid arthritis has exploded. Um, Alzheimer's, which some people consider type three diabetes, which is also autoimmune, has is starting to explode. We're starting to see this explosion of our own bodies turning on themselves. And we haven't evolved that rapidly. It's not something that's changed in us genetically. It's definitely something that we're doing to ourselves. And I think it's a combination of things, but this is something that really threatens to bankrupt uh, our medical system. And it's, it's happening in most modern yeah. Western societies. It's really, really crazy. Oh God, I'm thinking about like, just people who don't have this information and how like they're kind of continuing to eat certain foods mm-hmm. and things like that, where how do you like, how do you get the information? Well, I, I mean, I think yeah. that's part of what we're- You know, I know. The entertaining, what we knew we had yeah. to do was, because if we came out and just dropped knowledge and science, like if we had to listen to Sal for two hours every yeah, single day, just talk science, we, would, if, we probably wouldn't grow to where we're at, but it's the- entertainment factor, that's what we believe is gonna be our edge to get mm, the message out there. To get there. it there, yeah. And I think, I think a lot of, like some of the best information out there that some of these guys have written incredible books, there's a lot of egos involved with it. And a lot of them, uh, when, they, when they talk and they speak, they like to hear themselves talk more than they really truly like to help people. Mm. And I know that that's, I'm overgeneralizing right now because there are great people, but you see it's really common. And I think what we're trying to do is take that great message because it's there, but give it to people in a more digestible way. And I think that's the only way it's going to get to these 20-year-old. It's a to tough- catch someone like, if you were going to catch me when I was 20, because I'll tell you right now, if you try to sit me down and tell me, oh, stop drinking those speed stacks and the mm-hmm. Quest bars that you keep doing, you're going to get this, you're going to do that. And just Literally. be like, yeah, in one ear, out the other ear. I would drink like, do you remember Redline? Yeah, <laughs> do I remember yeah. Redline? Yo, I used to drink like Redline. I used to bleed lines. Redline. <laughs> Literally, I was like, yo, I just need a Redline right now. I'm going to go on the elliptical for 65 <laughs> <Yeah>. minutes. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, I tell you what, so up. it's a tough message because 
uh, all the uh, our entire way of living, our entire society is uh, it's molded around something that's the opposite of what uh, you know real health and wellness is. For example, like uh, processed foods, highly processed foods. Highly processed foods make up a majority of the average person's diet. Now, highly processed foods are engineered to a be highly palatable. And palatability is not really a problem, but when you engineer something with this smell and taste and texture and color that would never exist in nature, you're doing some interesting things to the brain. You are causing the brain to adapt in a particular way to when it's exposed to a whole natural food. That food tastes bland. You know, that's, it's really, okay, so Rob Wolf wrote a book called Wired to Eat, and he uses the, the comparison of pornography to highly processed food. Mm. When so I love Rob. This is really I good. Like, that's a cool ass doctor. And, yeah. Yeah. Right? Right? <laughs> Trying to drop some knowledge on you. Yeah. I'm going to refer yeah, to pornography. Like, He's like, all right, dudes. That guy's on his porn. He's like, what do I got to do? Right. Like, okay, I get that. Yeah. Right. So, I get where you're going. And he that, talks now. about how this is totally true. You are seeing like erectile dysfunction is exploding amongst uh, men in the 28, 20 year old age group, mm. which it never existed there. You're not supposed to you know erectile dysfunction. You're 20 years old, but it's exploding there. And it's because of the, quick exposure to these, you know, images and videos of pornography that are stimulating the brain in a way that could have, that we never evolved to have. Like, unless you were like a king with like, you know, thousands of women that you, you for the most part weren't exposed to these, you know, uh, you know, more and more radical images of sex or whatever. And it conditions the brain to the point where now when they're with their girlfriend, erectile dysfunction, same thing with food. You constantly expose yourself to highly palatable processed food, which by the way, the vast majority of the money that goes into the production of your food goes into two places. The palatability, which includes the color, the smell, the taste, mm-hmm. the texture, and the marketing. And the marketing. Mm-hmm. Very little goes into the actual nutrition mm-hmm. of the food besides you know, vitamins and minerals, which is just one s- s- tiny sliver of nutrition. So these scientists are in there. I mean, you have no idea the amount of money and time mm-hmm. that goes in there to make a, you know, a Lay's potato chip crunch at the right decibel. And if you think I'm joking, I'm not. They literally study these things. And what these foods are doing is what the same thing that pornography is doing to these you know kids that are watching it. It is changing how your brain reacts to food. So it's no wonder when you tell somebody eat whole natural foods and they sit in front of like a shit. plate of vegetables mm-hmm. and chicken or beef that's grass fed or whatever. They're looking at like, this is fucking gross, man. Mm. I can't eat. This is boring. And you got to explain to people like there's a, a detox period. There's actually a period you yeah. have to go through where, I mean, if you avoid sugar for a month and then you eat a strawberry, you will think you're biting into the sweetest piece of candy you've ever had in your entire life. Right. That does not happen if you eat candy every single day and then you bite into the strawberry. That strawberry will taste super bland. And so we talk about this stuff on the show because I know how hard it is. I know how difficult it is. And it's difficult you know, because we're so conditioned to the opposite. Look at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, for example. If I were to tell you to make a list of breakfast foods or a list of lunch foods or a list of dinner foods, there would be specific foods that you would put under those lists. Now, is there really a breakfast food? No, that's all conditioning through marketing. There's a reason why we eat eggs, milk, and bacon for breakfast, but we don't necessarily have that for dinner. There's a reason why, you know, popcorn is something that we crave at the movies. This is all the result of this, you know, this culture that we've developed around food and this culture we've developed around lifestyle. And to count, really, you have to counter that to really achieve, 
you know, real health and wellness. So it's a difficult message because you're literally telling people, hey, we got to change everything. You know what I mean? Mm. So we try to tell people, you know, one step at a time and we focus on the small things before we move on to the bigger things. But it's a difficult, it's a difficult process because, you know, here I am, I've been living this whole way. Now you're telling me I have to throw it all out to change mm. everything. It's not going to happen. Well, we know too, because we share a lot of, I mean, fuck, I didn't make that connection until I was almost 30. I remember getting, trying to get lean for the first time in my life. I mean, I spit like, like Sal, I was the insecure kid who was skinny, who couldn't put muscle on. So never once would I ever think about losing weight or getting on a mm. treadmill. I wanted to be bigger all the yeah. time. So I think for me, oh, where else is just going with that? I was oh, just about, uh, about the dieting. When oh you yeah, with the vegetables, right? The vegetables <laughs> and the fruit. I remember <laughs> the first time that I made that connection because I dieted for my the first time I cut out. I was as a kid. My mom let me eat candy and cereal and ice cream every you were night. The cool house, right? Yes, right. It was the cool Sick. house, right? Yeah, sure, kid, go for the cookies. It's yeah. all good. So I didn't. I never cut it. Truly, cut it completely out of my life. Especially being a kid who wanted to get bigger. I never had to. Mm. I, I never got. I didn't get fat. I exercised. I played sports. So why can't I have cookies? Why can't I have all this candy? Plus, it's extra calories. You make right. me bigger. Anyway. Literally, mm. right. So it wasn't until I started getting uh, getting in competitive shape and saying, okay, well, I got to get lean. So I'm going to eventually have to cut these things. And that I went months without candy and sugar and ice cream and things in my diet. And I was. Ne- I, I hated fruit and I hated vegetables. And that was, I was just like, man, I just don't like them. You can dress them up all you want. They're so bland to me. And I'll never forget biting into an apple after it had been months of me not consuming sugar. And for the first time, okay, 30 years of my life, I bit into an apple and thought, and I I remember too, because I thought it was a special apple. I remember like asking Katrina, like, (laughs) like, hey, where did you get this fucking apple at? Yeah, I was like, where did you get this apple at? You know, right. And then after that- Where did you get this candy flavored apple? apple. Right, right. I was tripping out. Like- after that happened about four times, he's I, like the I, orchard. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I finally made the connection that, like, oh shit, I've really wow. changed. I've been sleeping on apples. Right. Right. You're just like, yo, what? <laughs> yeah. But that was that way for both vegetables wow. and fruit for me because I didn't realize how much I just had oversaturated my palate with all this artificial sugar. You know, I, I think it's important too if we're going to talk about that to also address because what happens a lot sometimes when you talk a lot about this subject and we talk about healthy foods and what they do for you and your body. I think it can also create a situation where people then, uh, almost like they're orthorexic, right? They're so afraid of, now I have to eat perfectly. And we run into that as well, a lot as well. Like I got to eat these foods and I can never eat those foods because they're super bad, which is also not necessarily a great way uh, to live. It's, a, it's not really a long-term way or a long-term strategy. Food feeds the body for sure. That's obvious but it also feeds many other things. There's an emotional component that it feeds sometimes. Sometimes there's a component when you're connecting with with people around you. You know, if, if it's my kid's birthday and we have a cake and we're celebrating something, I may not be feeding my physical body by having a piece of cake, but it's that emotional side of me that I'm feeding. There's a reason why I'm having it. Sometimes you very need very fine so, line right there. there though. That's, <laughs> right. That's, that's right. Because right there, everyone goes, "Oh fuck yeah, cool." Yeah. Sal said I could eat cake. Yeah, and you and and it's also the judgment that goes around it. You know, it's one mm-hmm. thing to eat a particular way, then it's another way, another layer to judge yourself and say I was so bad. Yeah. I'm disgusting. Why did I do that? And that just creates the on uh, and off wagon uh, thing. On, mm. I'm on the wagon or I'm off the wagon. Really, look, there's times when we hang out and we want to drink because we're going to connect. We're buddies. We get creative with alcohol and it is mm-hmm. a tool that can, that can actually enhance that. So at this moment, what I'm feeding is not my physical body and I'm not going to judge it because I know exactly the reason why I'm doing it and I don't feel bad about it. And what ends, what ends up happening when you do this is for the most part, you eat healthy. For the most part, you end up doing that. But the times you don't, 
It's not something you judge. Right. And it's this long-term approach to nutrition and exercise. Exercise is another one. Look, if I go to the gym because I hate my body, I hate the way I look, I feel gross, I'm fat, whatever, that's going to motivate, motivate me a particular way. It's going to push me to do what kind of workouts? Super intense, punishment-based workouts because I hate myself. Why would I take care of myself in the gym when I hate myself so much? And that can only last so long versus caring for my body. I care about myself. I want to take care of myself. Now, when I go to the gym, the decisions I make are going to be based off of care. And that may mean today I'm tired. I'm stressed out. You know, I know I was scheduled to do that, you know, that, that boot camp class, but I'm super exhausted. Didn't get good sleep last night. I'm going to do some yoga and I'm going to go in the sauna and meditate a little bit. And that's the better decision. That's what your Mm -hmm. body, your mind, whatever, that's what it needs. And going at things with that, in that direction right there, you'll find that you can navigate life much easier, but it definitely is a process. The problem is we're marketed the other way, right? We're marketed beast mode, no days off, and everybody is out there to be a martyr. It's about, you know, who can suffer more? You know, Mm -hmm. who can, how many days in a row Mm -hmm. can you go? I mean, you see challenges all the time. I think that- Oh, as a parent, that's a big one. As a parent, Mm -hmm. the whole like, uh, I'm not going to take care of myself uh, because it's all about my kids or I'm not going to, I'm going to just be that martyr. And the irony of that, the irony of that is you're worse. You're a worse parent. But we all went through it. I remember being this way. I remember talking shit about sleep, sleep, sleep's for pussies. You know what I'm saying? Like you used to have that. It used to be a cool thing. Yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm like Tiger Woods. We both just need four hours. Right. Right. No, (laughs) you really don't. No, that's, I think I, so I think that we're trying to make the other message more cool, which is, is, yeah, is, is a bit of a challenge why we're why we're doing this. But I wish I wish there was somebody out there that was telling me that message when I was going through because at that time I didn't realize what I was potentially mm. setting myself up for later on. Mm. Absolutely, it's intuitive all around, not right? just the eating. It's mm-hmm. intuitive. I mean, I've been trying to do that too, or listening to my. I teach Soul Cycle, so doing a lot of cardio, but listening to my body instead of going for that like extra hit workout. It's like going to that yoga, and I, it's not just how I feel physically afterwards. It's like this release emotionally and just I I notice in the long term that it's really helped. The most I, uh, the most effective, accurate, uh, and best coach you will ever find in the entire world is yourself. Mm-hmm. There is no coach that can give you real time feedback like your body. There is no coach that's just gonna be as accurate as your body mm-hmm. because it's gotta come out of your mouth, which you filter it through your ego. Then they're gonna hear it and they're gonna process it their own way. So really the key is awareness. If you can really become aware of these things and understand what's happening and understand that it's a process, you will progress to a point where, and it's not a destination by the way, cause the body's always changing. So it's not like one day you're there and you're, you know, you're floating above the ground, you know what to eat all the time, whatever. It's a, it's a continual process, but it's a process of, trying to become aware, more aware of these things. And the irony of it is you perform so much better. Mm -hmm. You look better, you perform better, you feel better. It's funny that we thought that the opposite would be true that, oh my God, if I'm intuitive, I'm not going to look as good. Or if I don't hammer myself in the gym all the time, my fitness is going to drop or I'm not, if I don't, you know, if I work out and take care of myself, then I'm not going to be as good of a parent or I'm not going to be able to work as hard at at my job. The reality is you're actually more effective in all of those things. Well, the the real problem is that most people are doing the wrong things. The, it, and what I mean by that, and I talk about this on the show a lot, is once you learn to realize what you naturally gravitate towards, mm. you start to connect like, oh shit, I'm probably the person that should be doing that other thing. And what I mean by mm-hmm. that is, okay, think of 
You know, and I remember oh, you're this about with, the yogis and yeah, the, right. Well, I remember this with clients, like the client who liked the Soul Cycle class, the Hit, the Orange Theory, the CrossFit, the High Intensity, is also the same motherfucker that loves to grind at work and doesn't take days off and sleeps overrated. Mm-hmm. Those same people gravitate to the punishment type of exercise, mm-hmm. and the motherfuckers that go over there and they meditate and they do all the sauna shit are the guys smoking weed all day long, not doing anything with their life. <laughs> Those people need a little bit of Hit or Soul Cycle in their yeah. life. Most of us are doing the wrong thing. If it's mm-hmm. something that we gravitate towards, it's something that we love and most people identify with, it's probably not ideal for your body. In fact, it's probably the opposite signal is what you probably need to be sending. Mm-hmm. It's like the Ayurveda thing. Fucking A, it's a tough yeah, pill to swallow. Ayur, you need yeah. grounding. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's with like my my boyfriend, Justin, like he's really into fitness, like really fit, like great pod, you know, all those things. But I'm like, dude, can you please well, do yoga? After. I will. It's really hot. <laughs> Show it's notes. real hot. Um, but- it's like the yoga. I'm like, he like doesn't want to do yoga because he's not flexible, that kind of thing. But I'm like, that's why you need it the most. Like right. no one goes in and they're like, I'm so flexible. Like <laughs> I'm a gymnast. Look at me. You know what I mean? So it's like, you need that the most. Yeah. It's it's always that way. Have you taken I mean, him to a class yet? Oh my God, it was the worst. So well, literally I took him to a class. I was like, yo, this one's so chill. <laughs> Happened to be a sub that day. Oh, great. The music was so loud. It was so hard. It was the worst class I've ever been to. He was looking at me the whole time. We never went back. It sucked. I was like, uh, fuck, yeah. this sucks. Yoga's, <laughs> a, you know, for, for all the ladies that are trying to transition their guys into stuff like that, yoga's a hard transition. So hard. For, especially for a, a weightlifting type of guy. Yep. I think mm. what I like, and I think that uh, is a great way to introduce him into that thought process mm. is, more like mobility type of work. So I like Ken oh, stretch a lot. It's a good one. Um, Remember we have that a lot word. of free stuff on our YouTube channel that we have. We have it all sectioned yeah. off with all mobility exercises. So things where he's kind of moving a little yeah. bit, but he's he's doing active stretching is what he's doing. Mm. And you know, and then when you start to see the benefits of that, yes. because that was what it was for me. Like when I started doing a lot more mobility. I went, oh, fuck, I didn't know I couldn't do that yeah. until I tried to do it. And then I didn't realize if I actually started to put some effort and work towards that, what a difference that made. Because I used to have low back pain all yep. the time, sure. shoulder. I had all these pains that I'd, well, I'm getting older. I hammered the weights yep. a lot, played sports. Okay, here it comes. But a lot of that was just poor mobility. And when I started working on that and addressing that, and saw how that made a difference in my lifts. Yep. How, your how lifting I felt. gets better. Right. Everything, Everything is better. Gets better. It's like crazy. You know, right. what I, you know what I like about yoga though? Like like good yoga well, or what I would consider. Guy, well, what I would consider. <laughs> and you know, you well, make this a guy likes to meditate with his girlfriend and do yoga in his oh, fucking house. So like, 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 I bet good. you that's not your relationship yeah. over here. Probably well, more like ours. I'll tell you what's good about yoga. Now, I don't do. I don't take lots of yoga classes. But when I do take a good one, what I like about drinking wine at home. He said it on the podcast. It's like two days ago. Yeah, that's a good time. It's on my Instagram. Mind pumps out. I know. I really enjoy. Um, the other side of it, not necessarily the movements, but it kind of made it's quiet and then mm. it forces you to be still, which for me, very difficult, yeah. very difficult to be still with myself because I don't know, maybe I don't want to, you know, process I know. or I don't know what. It, so yoga kind of forces me to do that mm. and I enjoy doing that. And I think men have a tougher di- time doing that anyway. Like what, yeah. you know, guys don't really want to feel. And when you're quiet, it kind of makes you feel, you know? That's and like to when follow you, your breath into like that emotional, yeah, like the so gut. And the, it's yeah, like, yeah. First yeah. Of all, going you're, on. you're a guy taking yoga class. Oh crap, now I'm emotional in the yoga class. I'm never coming back. <laughs> yeah. Right. And he's like, do I wear basketball shorts? I'm like, what do I he's wear? Like, what's the dress code? <laughs> yeah, literally, what's the dress code? <laughs> do, do I wear Lululemon pants? I'm yeah, not sure he's my, like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's man. the standard uniform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so fucking oh, true. Man. This is great. We could talk for five yeah, more hours. Literally. I know it sucks because we didn't even get to talk about like the fitness and I know. Well, we talked about fitness, but like like 
We wanted to ask just basic nutrition you questions. Can. We'll be here for as long as Well, we fuck, there's, a, there's 650 episodes of fitness. If you I guys know, want literally. Yeah, yeah, right, right. If you really want more of that stuff, we definitely I can't believe you have that many episodes. Right, I'm like, crazy. It's amazing. It, it's crazy how fast it flew by. Dude. Yeah, I remember the first, when we hit the big 100, the first time I was like, whoa, dude, we did 100, 100 episodes. I remember I used to listen. He still listens. I don't listen anymore. I do the episodes. Yeah, we used to yeah. listen. In, and I do every, I call check in, like just Same. to make, see if we're evolving and getting mm. better at like Same. our craft. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just, I can't even keep up with our own content. I'm like, fuck, yeah, I can't. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. so I'm sometimes trying to watch Sometimes I'm like listening and I'm like, oh, haha. Like I listen to a joke and sometimes <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're so annoying. Like, you know, sometimes <laughs> I like hate listening to myself yeah. and sometimes I'm like, let's do this. Oh yeah, no, we it, I mean, Sal said it best earlier is that it literally has, it's incredible therapy. I mean, it really oh, has. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it really does make you like, God, I sound like a douche. I know. Right? That's oh. why I listen. Oh. I yeah, listen same. because I, I'm listening to keep myself and I'm like, what? Do I talk like that? I know. I know. Oh, man. Well, we have to have you guys up in San Jose for sure. We so. Oh, yeah. We'll come chill. Yeah. Yeah, We're going to have a meetup sure. in SF, so we will we'll yeah. parlay that Oh, do you guys, so you guys actually meet up with your group and stuff mm-hmm. like, oh. Yeah. What do you guys do when you guys meet up? All the time. Like kiss and whatever. <laughs> this is cool. Yeah. So we have you a know. facility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got a YouTube channel. Lots of beer really nice. <laughs> yeah. um, No, we just have like last night, we had a meditation and breathwork session. Awesome. Um, oh, cool. We had a doctor that spoke and then um, more of like the hippie realm, like uh, intuitive she led a meditation, which was really cool. We've done like a love your body event. So we had a bunch of like health and wellness people speak, Kelly Lebeck, Danica Breisha, people like in that space. And then um, we just kind of like now we're connect. Doing, we're going to do city, uh, toward city different meetups, cities yeah. this year. We'll go do workout classes. Like how big of a facility do you guys need to host it at? Like what is it? How much room do you need? It depends. Yeah. Um, most of like our love our, your body event was a hundred people, mm-hmm. but then last night was like 40. Yeah. Um, it but just, we only had space for 40. Yeah. It, so sometimes yeah. we cap it and it's kind of nice to have like an intimate group. Mm. Yeah. Cause sometimes we feel like we can't talk to everyone. Yeah. When you start or, pushing a hundred, it's really tough it's to like yeah, touch that many real. lives. It's well, a lot. And you can less, it's like less people to make happy, people are less likely to be happy because they didn't get that one-on-one attention. Right, you know right. what I mean? And it's more like that feels like a conference. They feel like they're just one of many, but where it's like an intimate group, we're like making eye contact with people. People are talking to people. Feel, people feel comfortable. So we're kind of trying to stay like tighter. Mm-hmm. Have you? Did you guys do that right out the gates or did you just start doing that recently? Like how long? You yeah, I think it? so. Yeah, our first event was probably what? Three months in? Yeah, we were doing soul cycle rides. So for like 60 of our listeners, uh, they would yeah, yeah. come and ride. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. Chris and I, I would teach the class. Chris would be riding with me. And mm-hmm. it was just a way for people to meet each other because a lot of them would talk in the Facebook group and mm-hmm. and then people would like fly in and come to town and take the class and kind of make it a whole thing. And yeah. so that was a nice way. And just to get together and sweat and feel good and you know we didn't have to like dress up it was just like people like you were like humans showing up it was like really nice do you guys have men that show up to those too or is Mm -hmm. it almost like oh that's awesome yeah fantastic boyfriend i make him come sometimes (laughs) (laughs) like last night he came to the meditation event and he like walked in he's like man i can't wait to go home and watch tv i'm like you literally just got to the event (laughs) like you just walked in the door i I like this guy (laughs) he's the best he was like standing in the back like (laughs) i mean the fact that he shows up that says a lot about his character i only make him go to some of them he's a good sport he is a good sport my brother texts me he's like can i show up for like five minutes yeah. I was like, no, you yeah. got to come for the experience. Yeah, you got to come for the whole thing. <laughs> Thank you guys. Yeah. This is amazing. This is so how, can awesome. our, how can our listeners connect with you? Uh, so our podcast is Mind Pump. You can find us on YouTube, Mind Pump TV. And then on Instagram, uh, Mind Pump is our Instagram page. Uh, my, my Instagram page is Mind Pump Sal. Then there's Mind Pump Adam. And then Mind Pump Justin, who's mm-hmm. not here, who's one of the other hosts. Awesome. So Most Justin, people's favorite. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, Everybody yeah? loves really? him. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's the favorite. Well, come sure. on, me and Adam, you know, we're polarized. We oh. You either love oh. us or hate we, us. We talk too much. Justin is like the most likable. Ni- yeah, such a nice guy. Oh, I like you guys. Very yeah. Okay. <laughs> that surprises me. Yeah. I, lo- I love him, but that surprises me. I like when people have an opinion and are like, mm-hmm. even if I don't agree with it, I'm yeah. like, me too. I like when you stand in here. We have truth. lots of opinions. <laughs> That's yeah, good. So true. Yeah. So well, I'm good. looking forward to doing this up in San Jose, man. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah. That'd be so that would fun. be amazing. Yeah, okay. And we'll connect you with our some pretty badass babes we've had on too. Yeah, I think it's please, like really good please. people that you could bring on. You guys will love. Yeah. They're Kelly amazing. for sure. All right. Thanks guys. You're Thanks you guys. We love you. Thanks love for ya. the essential oils, by the way. Oh You're my welcome. God. We're about to douse them in peppermint oil. Put it on your dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> peppermint you know oil? Actually, no. Your that. dick would be on fire. Yeah, Don't put it anywhere near your eyes fire. or your dick. It's yeah. already yeah. on fire. Yeah. You're like the crabs. Love you guys. Love you. Oh, that was good. You said love you. That was cute. Good stuff. Here we are. How'd you like that, guys? What do you think? I I, I listen to their podcast actually. Yeah, it's really um, informative. Yeah, I just the topics are really on point. I like how they're like. I like. I actually don't know any other fitness related podcast. I think I'm kind of out of the loop. So um, just DM me or join the Facebook group and tell me what fitness podcast you listen to. But I like that it's like fitness focused because I feel like it's nice to like hear. It's really hear concentrated about it. information. It's yeah. also like up to date. What is that word? Current. Yeah. Excellent. Current events. Current. Current, um, which is always helpful. So if I'm mm-hmm. reading about something like wax study, I'm like, I can usually depend on the mind pump guys to like call it out and suss it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so great. We're so happy you guys listened and you can connect with the mind pump guys again, mindpumpmedia.com um, as well as on Instagram. Um, join our secret Facebook group, subscribe, rate and review on iTunes and we're going on tour. See you on tour, y'all. <laughs> you can go to our website, almost30podcast.com slash tour. And we have like 20% of tickets available. Yeah. So get your tickets while it's hot. And then also too, we have a LA event. Yep. On July 25th. And that is with Kelly Levesque and our favorite sponsor, Silver Fern brand, Charity Lighten. So we are going to be talking about gut health. Um, it'll be a Q&A with Kelly. So basically, if you guys come, if you're in the LA area and you want to attend, you can ask Kelly any health-related question. And then Charity Lighten is an expert in the microbiome, in probiotics, prebiotics, gut health. So it's going to be a great, like, great summer health event. Mm-hmm. July 25th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Sage Wellness on Abbot Kinney, and you can get tickets on our website. Yeah. We are packed this summer, y'all. Yeah, I think we're doing... Mm, Don't say it out loud. I'm scared. Let me and think. excited. I think we're doing 15 events this summer. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a headache again. No, we're so pumped. It's just so much... Krista and I and Chloe are, you know, behind it all. <laughs> I know. So... It's a it's a lot of work, but now we miss it's Sophia. So worth it, so worth it. We can't wait to see. If you. you're a little, in, if you're a little college girl and you want an <laughs> internship, join our team. Yeah, Sophia just left. She graduated, so she's no longer our intern. Yeah. We miss her. We're so looking if you do for want interns. an internship. We're looking for about six of you, <laughs> <laughs> or sixty six. Yeah, we're looking for a hundred interns. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. We will see you on Tuesday for a new episode of the Almost 30 Podcast. Bye.